It's all for. It's all about this. You play for this. No matter what level you're at, you play for championship. crazy that intro video i have starts off talking about it's all about winning is it or is it not that's what i grew up in i always grew up in it's all about winning um but last night watching that game not to get soft on anybody not to uh cry like these fucks on espn are doing this morning um you know nikovic and all these guys on here crying Man, we choose to play this football game. We choose to play this gladiator sport. So let's make make no mistake about it. Let's not cry over spilled milk now. We choose to play the game. It is what it is. But at some point, we have to have a understanding that we are entering this thing at our own risk. I can't. I couldn't have come up with a better quote for to get this fucking show going, man. Bigger the risk, bigger the reward. But the higher the climb, the harder the fall. Uh, I don't know if I could come up with a better quote than that one, man. I just this is something I live by, something I use. Risk versus reward. That's what the NFL is. That is what it will always be. And you wonder why we probably have a fall in participation across America. Um, I call it soft. I always get into it. You always hear me talk about soft and how shitty it is. Well, it's. I believe it can still be played at a high rate, but I believe we're, ba- we're, we're, we're coddling these kids too, many, too much at the young age. We're not teaching proper mechanics, proper ways to tackle. We're not teaching a hit with our eyes up. Our heads are down. Our crown's down. We're not running our feet. We have an all-time high concussion CTE, injuries, spine injuries, hamstrings, groins. You're seeing it all at an all-time rate right now for the simple fact that we refuse to teach fundamentals. We refuse to coach hard and correct mistakes. And don't understand. We, I don't believe we get that correction is not criticism. And I don't believe we understand that shit. And hopefully the, the guests that join us today, we got an NFL former player, Brian Finneran, who'll join us uh, in the second hour. Michael Jules, good friend of mine, actually. Uh, he's the creator of Game Breaker, which is kind of the inventor of the entire whole Guardian cap that you see the NFL helmets and all these people wearing. Um, he's gonna. We're going to break this down. Uh, the unfortunate happenings of last night's game with Tua, and I couldn't be greater. Couldn't be a greater day to do it on this wake up show. Make sure you guys all hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, I appreciate you. But again, quote of the day: "Bigger the risk, bigger the reward." Please don't make any mistake about it. But the higher the climb, the harder the fall. Did Tua make a higher climb and fall harder than he ever expected last night? To be determined, we will see. Um, 
But this is the Wake Up Show, man. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V five zero gets you fifty percent off and first deposit. We got NFL games this weekend. We got college games this weekend. We got Major League Baseball rounding out. Make sure you head on over to BetOnline.ag where the game starts. Um, let's get rid of some of these trolls. We don't even have time to discuss them right now. Uh, let's bring in Nick Eaton. Nick, what's going on? What up, man? How we doing? Uh, we're good. We're good. We're good, man. Uh, man, you sound like you're a uh, distraught too, man. What's going on out there? We all no, play man. The game. Got a little, dude. That was. Uh, I mean, I know you're not. We're not going to touch on it much now, but man, that one. That one was scary, man. That one was one of those ones that like. You know, his, his fingers curled up and all that. You just hate to see that, man. That it's. I watched it probably fifteen times on my phone this morning. It's just like, fuck, man. You know. You, yeah, you know the yeah. you know the crazy part about it is, man. Uh, when I saw that, I already knew what it was, and I, that's why I said yesterday that he shouldn't have been playing yesterday. I, I said it literally on the show in the afternoon. So I said, "There's no way that I would play him." No. And uh, when I my mom's a doctor, she was actually into neuro, and I and I've been around it. it my whole life. I know a little bit about this shit. Um, like I said, I got I, my kinesiology master's degree doesn't make me a doctor, but what it does. It brings you around these different uh, elements, and when the when the fingers curl up, and all that all that shit happens, you you know what it is. It's usually yeah. the second coming of what happened before, which was four days ago. He got concussed. Everyone knows it. Everyone, Everyone. saw yeah. it, and the asinine folks out there who denied it and said it was the back um, are all in my opinion, all accountable, not responsible. They're accountable um, for this whole thing that happened last night because he played too quickly. I just talked about fuck playing Thursday night football games in the NFL. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Agreed. We're playing Agreed. too quick. I, I was talking about days we should wait. We should have played Friday or Saturday in the NFL instead of Thursdays. Um, and then the, the, the fingers curl up. That is because <clears throat> your brain has not had the proper time for heal, hasn't had the proper time to rest. And it hasn't had, uh, it's just a fucked up deal. And I, and I got some guys that are going to come on, some people are professional yep. in this business. But, yeah, it's unfortunate to see that, man. It's crazy. And then I see the Nick, Rob Nikoviches and all these guys on ESPN on Get Up This Morning crying. crying. And I'm like, well, why, why are we fucking crying now? Why are you crying now, though? That, that's the thing. We always want to cry after the fact. We always want to yep. say sorry after the fact. But we yep. don't do shit before the fact. Like, all these killings, all I mean, it just go. I can go on and on and on, man. In society as whole, we always want to come out and say and do the shit that gets likes and retweets. We never yep. want to do the shit beforehand that is the truth telling shit that takes on all the hate. All I do is talk shit about keeping it real all the time. But at least I'm the same motherfucker every day, and I take the hate. And then last night I do a video. It's got like almost a million fucking views out of nowhere, and everyone's like. Damn, you've been saying it, coach. Yes, real. Da, da, da. I'm just like, man, it's unfucking believable. Perception is reality. And uh Well blows my mind, man. Like the like, last thing I'll say about it, like what you just said, like I don't think people realize they they played four days ago, right? <laughs> like they played four days ago. The dude got his head whipped. I mean, we all saw it, man. And it's like 
I just, I just don't know what the team docs. Yeah, we don't have to elaborate. And on, they took it out of uh, of that. Uh, I guess they took it out of that um, realm. I guess there's no more team doc. It's a, it's outside neurologists apparently. I don't know. We're gonna find out later on today yeah. um, on on all that, but we'll see. I, I have no idea. It's uh, it's unfortunate. Um, let's talk about the game. Um, I thought Cincinnati protected Burrow a little better. Yeah. Um, in the beginning of the game, I, I was I was sitting there, I was eating, and I, the game comes on so early out here, and, and I basically just finished the show, and I'm like, fuck. So I'm watching, I get in there, and I forgot it's on Amazon. I got to go fucking on Amazon. My The Amazon, for whatever reason, is shitty. Everybody oh. wants to talk shit about it. You got to get your uh, Walmart internet upgraded and all this. <laughs> I got like two gig speed, upload and download speed. The fucking shit is um, it's great. I have no issue watching anything, streaming anything. And then I've done some research, and like 72% of America is having problems watching Thursday Night Football on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I literally have a fucking... Amazon responded to my fucking tweet last night. So it's it's crazy. Some people have no issues. Some people do. I can't stand it. Um, I hate that somebody has to be the sacrificial lamb in this. Um, I would love... For the way Amazon shared the video of Tua getting injured, for them to shut this motherfucker down. That shit is the worst fucking coverage that I've ever seen. Why is Tony Gonzalez wearing fucking snow gloves? And Dude. and listen, Tony's brother was my tight end. I know Tony. We grew up playing against each other. Why the fuck is he acting like it's 20 below in the for the last two weeks and it's been like 74 it's degrees been like 70 out yeah i don't understand yeah, what the fuck she's week. doing but amazon is absolutely garbage to me um al michaels i loved to dear dear to death i think he's a great announcer but he's up there sounding like he has fucking like strep throat like he can't marble uh, i'm like yeah, holy yeah. fuck uh the announcers are fucking uh, uh, god-awful on the sideline. I mean, I, I'm just like, dog, what is going on with Amazon? It is a bad, bad fucking uh, imitation of what football should be. Man. I, I don't get it. Um, do you have any issues with Amazon? I don't have any issues. I mean, I can log in and everything, but, like, I have buddies of mine that are sitting there, like, texting me, like, how the fuck? I can't get on the fucking game. Like, you're, it's glitching or, yeah, your Wi-Fi is bad. I mean, dude. Keep it on prime time, man. Man, I'm like, watching I, the shit. I don't on, understand. Like I, I'm literally hearing the voice before the play. They, that, uh, that's that's one of my buddies texting me last night. Like he's like watching it, and then the previous play, voice. the guy like yeah. Al Michaels is breaking it down. He's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's fucking bad, man. I I can't stand it, and I don't understand why it's at least not on Fox or something else. Like why, make why is it? Keep it on prime time, man. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, it's all money. Yeah, I don't fuck with Kirk Herbstreit either. He 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 talks shit about me. Um, so fuck him too. Um, I don't really give a fuck about him either. He's a fucking other cowardly cunt who can't come out and fucking be real. And that's why I always use the quote. You know why I use the quote? We are what we are and what we do and not what we say we do. It's because of Kirk Herbstreit. No bullshit. Literally because of what the motherfucker always does and then comes out later and and apologizes for it. Like, right. he bashed a bunch of kids at Michigan, uh, like, two mm -hmm. years ago. And then he mm -hmm. came out and apologized for saying, I shouldn't have bashed Michigan. Well, you're a fucking homer. Because you know you're, you're an doing. Ohio yeah. State fan, motherfucker. You're a yeah. homer. Like, keep it real. You're talking shit about some kids. But you want to talk shit about me because I cuss at them? Motherfucker, please. Right. Get your yeah. hypocritical ass up out of here. Um, 
Good luck. Stay on Pat McAfee's show and, and be cool and, and all that shit. I don't give a fuck. I call it out what it is. That motherfucker's a fraud, homie. All right, so um, it's very interesting, man, to see these games being played on this shitty-ass network. And uh, it's hard to watch the game and break it down. That's why on Thursdays I don't get to film the game really and do a lot of things I want because I got to rewind it with a different fucking thing. And the rewind right. is absolutely right. garbage. You can't rewind it. It's all fucking stream stuck and... All yep. this shit. Um, I was doing the same thing this morning, man. <laughs> like you got to go back to ESPN. Yeah, you this, man. And I'm just like back and forth. Fuck, dog. I don't. I don't get it. Um, he. Uh, I thought they protected Burrow better. I thought yep. Tua looked good. He threw a few banana balls. He threw some balls over the Mike Backer. Uh, he nestled a few balls inside uh, inside some holes, and I was like, "All right, Tua is growing on me." And then he throws. I, I've been saying it. I've been showing balls that he throws deep that are very, very late, just like he mm-hmm. did in practice, and they're all clowning him. He throws deep balls so late because I try to tell people he doesn't have an elite arm. He does not have a fucking big-time arm, and I don't understand why he's waiting for guys to be open instead of throwing them open. We're going to talk to Brian. It seems like he's got that. like that, you know, that hitch. Like he's just got that, that, that well, he's, pause. He's right? got a like fucking he's, grenade he's back. He's got a grenade. Just, yeah. It takes forever to just bomb it out. Like Hill's already got 10 yards on the dude. Right. And he's just, he's just now thrown. I'm right there with you. Kick and sling it though, man. It's just, it's yeah. I mean, he was looking good before he got hurt, man. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's interesting. Um, no, I'm actually talking to Pat about going back on the show, by the way, since you know everything, Fred Gunter. Blacklisted. How am I blacklisted from anything, you dumb fuck? Um, so, I love how everyone makes assumptions of everything. God damn, we got a lot of dick writers in America. Um, let me ask you something. The balls are late. They're coming out late. He threw a, a pick because the ball was so late in the double coverage. <clears throat> Those are the reasons that I've always questioned Tua. Those are the reasons why I said let's pump our brakes on Tua. Let's make sure we're not anointing him and saying he's the best thing. Let's calm down and relax. And last night showed why. I see some things he's done that he's progressed in. I saw some things he got better in. But I also see things that I just don't see him playing at a high level for very long because right. shit he does. And he has two of the fastest wideouts in football. He can't throw them open. He's waiting for them, to, and, they're ret- and they're sitting there looking like they're returning a fucking punt. And yep. so Tyreek Hill should not look like he's returning a punt on a fade ball. And that is the problem we're having. And I can't wait to talk to Brian Finneran about that later on. Uh, He's a wideout that played high level in the NFL. And I'm just like, well, we're going to see how this thing ends up working out. But um, who knows? Yeah, Waddle Waddle was like kind of uh, non-existent last night. I mean, he was getting open, but he only caught a couple balls. Yeah, no doubt. Um, You know, when you got Teddy going in there, though, man, that's (laughs) Teddy's not a deep ball guy. You know, being a Broncos fan, experiencing that firsthand. Yeah, I thought Pat, I thought he came in and did well early on. He's never thrown a ball. Funny stat: he's never thrown a ball other than being a starter. So he's never came in and being as a backup and and throw a football. Really? So, nah. So that's new. Huh. It's interesting okay. to me. He's never thrown a football as a backup. He's always been the starter when he's thrown a football a, a, a ball in uh, an NFL game. So interesting. Um, it's very interesting, though. You know, Burrow got protected a little better. Uh, you know, they didn't get chased the ball uh, like he wanted to probably. They had to make some gimmick plays, double pass and shit like that from Boyd nope. and all these things. Um, 
You know, what did you see? What did you think? Uh, are the Bengals back? I did call them winning. I did say it was going to be a low-scoring game on my afternoon show. Everybody thought it was going to be this shootout. And I said, no, it's going to be a 28-21 game. I was closer than everyone else on that regard. But do you see? Do, are they back? Did you see anything from them? Or Tua going out early um, and Teddy having to come in without any reps this year, did that hurt Miami? I, I, I didn't see them scoring a lot of points with Tua last night. I just thought that game was controlled from front to, to end by the Bengals. And I thought... Uh, yeah. The Bengals run game, running the football in the first quarter, Mixon having nine carries in the first quarter alone, who I made my captain on DFS. That's probably why I won 70 bucks. Um, he, he, he controlled the game, kept Miami off the field, kept Cincinnati getting first downs, moving the sticks, and then Burrow was efficient early to keep the ball moving. And I just thought that Cincinnati controlled the game from the onset on, and I didn't believe that Tua was going to make that big of a difference anyway just because of the fact the Bengals had the football uh, majority of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, dude, I think since he's, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think they ever fell off, really. I just think they had a slow start. They weren't protecting Burrow. They got their old line back, right? You know, he had a decent game. I mean, the game last night was just kind of, eh, you know, it was a good game to watch, but it wasn't anything exciting. You know, I do think, personally, I do think Tua going out, definitely affected the game because I personally saw it going a different way. I honestly thought that Tua stays in, they developed the run game a little bit more with Moser and then getting that Edmonds dude involved. I thought that was kind of part of the game plan, you know, going deep to Waddle a few times, but you know, I, I just thought, I thought Burrow played well, the O-line played well, you know, since his defense is always solid, always solid. And you're right. They had the, they had the, the, the game from the jump, you know, T Higgins went off. It was good to see him get back. You know, he was a little hampered with some injuries and whatnot, but I do think that since he's, you know, quote unquote back, I think they'll be just fine in the AFC North. You know, I think they've got some, some hurdles to overcome. They still got to protect Burrow, but that defense, man, you know, their defense just keeps playing like that and putting the ball back in, in Burrow's hands, man. I mean, you put the ball in JD's hands. I mean, good things are going to happen. So was I shocked at the game? <clears throat> Honestly, I thought it'd be a little closer, especially if Tua stays in. It's super unfortunate to see that. But at the same time, you know, it's it's Burrow. It's it's at home in Cincinnati. They always play well at home. You know, Higgins going off. You know, I thought it was just a – it was a good overall game from the Bengals. Like you said, they had the game from the jump. You know, they just kind of had – it was a very well-managed game by Zach Taylor. No, I, I – I, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I wasn't imp- ultra impressed with the play calling on either side uh, other uh-huh. than – his 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 agreeing to everyone that I'm gonna run the football. Zach Taylor say I'm gonna run the football with with with, with Mixon. We're gonna get him the ball in the flat. We're gonna get him the ball early as much as possible. He made a huge play on a catch in the flat, turned it up um, third down. He could he could have easily got tackled for a loss. He made a play. He extended the play. Got a first down. They score on that play later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Very interesting, man. Interesting to see uh, how that goes. But I, I, like I said, I, I, I figured they would win the game. They did. I called the game uh, right now, so I'm one of one, man. I got to win. I got to win you know, four more. You're gonna give me about three grand this 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 weekend <laughs> on this site. Um, Mixon, correct me if I'm wrong. Mixon, in a way, in my opinion, kind of reminds me of almost like a Debo Samuel. Obviously, not to the caliber of Debo Samuel, but like a dude that you can split out. You can keep him in the backfield, like. He's just such a dynamic player, man. He's fast as shit, can catch. I mean, 
He's one. Of, he's like a. He's one of. I mean, they need to get him more involved in every single game, running the ball and catching the ball. Now nah, they just do. He's a stud, man. They do. I. I don't know. I don't know if he's a Debo, but to me, uh, Debo. I understand what what Shanahan does with Debo at, in the not, mm. at, in in Frisco. But I don't necessarily agree with it. I know he had a great year last year. I know they had to put him there by necessity. Um, right. I almost think he's a better back than he is a receiver. I do too, man. Every because time he's, he's in more the structured as a back. Happen. No, I'm right there with you. Like you know his body type. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. his body type, his 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 center of gravity, his build, his structure. He's very. I you got to understand. You're gonna say, oh, coach, you. He is stiff. As a wideout, he's not fluent like you want to see a, a Jamar Chase or or, or or any of these big time receivers. He's very stiff, and he is short step. You know, you oh, know, choppy. We, yeah, yeah. When, when you're a short yeah. stepper, you're not a. You know, we, we when we evaluate film and we evaluate folks, we break it down. Are you a two stepper, or are you a three stepper? What does that mean, Coach? Well, it means do you get every five yards in two steps or do you get every five yards in three steps when you're running full speed? And that is how we evaluate speed without getting a real 40 time on you when we're watching your game film. So a lot of cats, I just want to give you that little insight if you don't know about just how we evaluate uh, recruiting. And I'm like, okay, he's a two-stepper. Now, Debo could be a two-stepper, but he, I think he's more of a three-stepper just watching him last year because... He has short stoppy. He's real choppy. Mm-hmm. Where you see Chase and these wideouts, they're more elongated, longer strides, um, you know, shit like that. He fits the running back mold a lot more yeah. than he does a receiver mold. Now, doesn't yeah. mean he can't play in a slot where they put him a lot of times. It doesn't mean he's not a freak. Um, but I just, I just don't know if he uh, isn't better suited at back. But you know, Shanahan moves him around, does some things with him. I understand. Um, at the same time, I don't really know uh, what Devo is, I, and I don't know. Again, he's a guy. In my what I ask, I'm ask you: Is he a guy that plays in the league ten plus years? I don't know. I think so. I mean, the way the NFL is now, with all the you know the rule changes and all that stuff, you know, I th- I mean, unless something fucking terrible happens, you know, you know, he tears his knee or something like that, you know. But you know, I see Debo playing a long time, but you know. You never know anymore, man. I mean, I, I just, I think I, I like, I like the fact of thinking that Zach Taylor using Mixon more like Debo, kind of like you know, you know, just never knowing where he's at, you know, instead of just in the backfield. But you know, both those players, man. But I, I think Debo's a stud, man, and Shanahan's creative with him. I think, I think Shanahan's a smart enough coach to understand if he's overdoing it with a guy. Right. And so he'll 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 disperse the ball around. He won't be giving Debo the, a look every single time. So I think he's got some longevity in the league. Yeah, no doubt. I think so, too. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. Um, yeah, I love the uh, I love the trolls early in the morning. Appreciate everybody coming on in here. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um Jeremy Sanders, shut the fuck up. Needs a woman. God damn. You know how much pussy I get, motherfucker? More than the law allows. Now shut the fuck up. Um, go jack off, motherfucker, in the back somewhere and keep riding my dick and in my show. And make sure you buy my fucking book today and my whiskey, bitch. Um, I got a I got a lot of uh lot of uh I want to break down. It's funny that I hear Mike McDaniels talk about before the game about these injuries. 
and he expects everyone to play, no issues, da-da-da. And then last night, watching his ass talk after the game, did you hear what he talked about? Um, no. I don't know if you heard about what he said about, like, we guarantee, we know that he did not have uh, oh, yeah, 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 a yeah, back yeah. injury. I mean, we knew it was a back injury. It was not a traumatized head injury. And I'm just sitting there like, dog, why are you fucking continuing to... Now we're in protection mode, dog. Now, now we back, are straight yeah. up in defense mode. Nope. We are in defense mode. We're worried about, um, you know, protection now. We're going to say, who, who who's this going to fall on? Is it going to be the Miami Dolphins organization? Is it going to be the new owner, which is in the new, in my opinion, the new New England Patriots, which I've been saying the last few days, they're going to do every type of fucking gate they can come up with and try to get away with so they can fucking win, and that's all they care about. They want to win. They want to be the New England Patriots. So I'm curious um, why, in your estimation, are we covering this shit up right now, and why are we fucking lying at an all-time rate, and why does the public believe these dumb motherfuckers? That's the thing that I, I don't get it. Like, man, you see that injury last week. Like, let's talk about the one on Sunday. Like, regardless of it's his back, man, I mean, isn't your back, you know, your spine and everything connected to your head? Like, dude, everything about the injury last week and now that they're backpedaling and saying, you know, we take full, you know, it's he just it's the it's the way of the world. Like you were saying, getting likes and tweets and stuff coming at coming back after the fact and saying, you know, we knew about it. We knew about this. We knew about that. It's like, if you knew about it, like, dude, he shouldn't have been playing last night, man. Like that's, you know, you touched on it earlier, but like the people, the thing that people keep forgetting is they played four days before, man. And he was down, he was, you know, limping all over, falling over himself. And then he comes back and plays on a Thursday night and almost the exact same thing happens. And then you guys are sitting there acting like, oh, we didn't know. And now we do. It's just it's it's the typical NFL now, man. You know, it's like it's all about money. They need the players on the field. You know, they need the right guys out there for viewer, you know, viewership and all that. And then when shit goes down, it's like, oh, you know, we didn't know about it or we did know. But it's just a constant like back and forth with coaches and organizations. And, you know, they 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 fucked up, man. He shouldn't have been out there. No doubt. Hey, uh, Nick, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get our guests in here real quick. I'll bring you right back afterwards and we'll talk about some more football. Just hang tight. Uh, Appreciate you. Nick Eaton coming in every morning on the morning wake up show. Now, without further ado, I'm going to bring my main man in, Michael Jules. You guys may not know who he is, but you know what he does. And uh, he is the owner, CEO of Game Breaker, uh, which is the headgear. If you haven't ever seen it, you've noticed that's what it is right there. Um, what's up, my brother? Not much. How you doing, Jason? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. Hey, you are you on your phone? I am. Can you turn it sideways? I can. There you go, right there. It's better. Now we get your pretty-ass face on here. Uh, a lot of people don't know. Me and, me and Mike go way back. We were actually good friends. He's actually one of the original uh, starters of this company. And a lot of people don't know that. You guys see Guardian and all that. Explain the difference between you and Guardian and, and how this thing all started so everyone knows um, what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're basically, you know, the inventor and the pioneer of the space. Um, we created a soft shell helmet for incidental contact days for days. You're not in full pads. Um, and 
you know, later on down the road, I think Guardian Caps came out uh, with a product that uh, goes over your helmet. Our product is something you use when you're not wearing a helmet um, and not to be worn instead of a helmet, obviously. And then uh, the product from Guardian is something that goes over your helmet um, that is uh, supposed to attenuate force and, and uh, make those impacts a little bit more uh, forgive, forgiving, if you will. So to explain to all you guys out there that don't know, make sure there's almost 500 people in here live right now. Appreciate everybody. Clap it up. Make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, we got Brian Finneran joining us after this, uh, former NFL wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to talk all things uh, traumatic and what happened last night. But this cap is not a over-the-helmet cap. This is in lieu of a helmet. You wear this when you're in 7-on-7, seven seven, when you're doing off-season training. Uh, Mike, you even wear this in the weight room, correct? <laughs> uh, you know what? Guys wear it during uh, when they're indoors doing, you know, walkthroughs, tackling drills. Um, you know, obviously seven on seven is, is where it's seen the most because those are the practices that are being, you know, televised and live streamed and shown and a lot of pictures and tweets and whatnot. So people see us everywhere there, but. I don't think they realize that the NCAA level and NFL level were, were widely used as well. And, and again, teams use them on days they're not in full pads. Teams use them on days where, you know, maybe you might be wearing helmets only. Think of it this way, Jason. If you, uh, you know, probably the number one thing a coach yells during practice is stay up, right? And, um, you know, why do they yell stay up? Right, just you know, guys don't get rolled up on, but also so guys don't take you know helmets to the knees. And obviously, we've seen how many quarterbacks have you know finished a pass on a, a helmet only day and ended up with you know time off or surgery required from hitting their hand on a helmet or a face mask. And so, um, we've just drilled it down a little bit more, uh, taking the helmet off on those days. Uh, doesn't seems a little counterintuitive to us that the most dangerous piece of equipment you own you would wear on days with nothing to protect yourself from it. So we're saying on days where you're in helmets only, that's old news. It doesn't make any sense. You know, take that helmet off, put on a soft shell helmet. You're able to, you know, practice fast, do all the things you're used to doing on those days. And heaven forbid you do go down and your head does hit somebody's knee. You know, you're not blowing an MCL, ACL, you know, you're not breaking fingers and limbs and, and, uh, you know, the whole point of it is to, to allow players to, you know, play fast, allow coaches to do all the things they would normally do. Um, and, and, and I guess one way to think about it is like the Skelly pad, right? Um, they were out long before us, and it was the same concept. Take off the, the hard shell shoulder pads. You're not out there banging. You're doing fits. You're doing inside run period. You know, it's not full go. And uh, so – you know, if you go to teams out there now, you'll see, you know, this year in camp, maybe the Colts or the Vikings or the Raiders running around with soft shell helmets and, and, the, and our spider pad. And uh, they feel like they can get a lot more done, practice a lot safer and still practice at the speed they want to practice at. So I, I've been on record. I'm like, dude, I, I, I hate the look of the Guardian. I hate going over the helmet. I just feel I – this is me as a player, Mike, and you know you were around football as much. You're, Mike's son played at UCLA uh, for Jim Mora. He's been around football his entire life. He knows everyone in the business, um, and he's well, well respected in his profession by many, many professional folks. Let me ask you something and just tell me I'm a dumbass. The Guardian hat over the helmet to me – 
makes players think. And I believe we're having more injuries because we don't know the, the rate of speed to attack the tackle. Your helmet, to me, makes much more sense because it, we know it is not a full-speed drill. We know it is protection if we are in, sh- in shimos or in shirts and shorts. Um, the Guardian hat on the helmet, to me, is kind of an oxymoron. Why am I wrong, or am I somewhere leading down the right path? I, I don't think you're wrong. I think uh, it's, it's a frustrating thing, you know, uh, as it relates to safety. And obviously, you know, m- last night seeing – you know, the unfortunate incidents that took place with the Dolphins and Tua. I mean, look, this this safety thing as it relates to football needs to be a super highway. Information should be shared freely. Access should be given to players, coaches. And I, I think now sometimes for us trying to get in the door is like, you know, <laughs> It's like House of Dragons, man. It's like we're trying to seize a castle and we're trying to get in and they're trying to keep us out. It's about, you know, it seems like there's a lot of walls that are put up that are get in the way as opposed to, you know, breaking down those walls and those barriers. Because at the end of the day, we're supposed to be, you know, trying to take care of these players. And I think just like, you know, we always say life imitates sports. I think there's a lot of virtue signaling right now with safety. There's a lot of people that like to talk about being safe. But when it comes down to actually being safe, you know, they're not doing it. And so, you know, with the Guardian cap, it's interesting. I don't know if you got to catch hard knocks in the beginning of that. Yeah. But I saw some stuff that the NFL put out on the product. And listen, I I think that anything that my competitors or, or in this case, Guardian, who's not a competitor, does that helps the experience and protects the game. You know, our tagline at Game Breaker is protect the player, protect the game. We feel like every player we protect we're protecting the game as well. And so I'm all for it. But, you know, first glance at the thing made me think about, you know, its inability to shear, right? Maybe you, you you pad the collision a little bit, but maybe you get some times where they connect and they lock up and, and maybe you end up with a, a neck injury or a back injury. And so that scared me a little bit about the product. But what scares me the most about it, Jason, if you, if you watched Hard Knocks, is I, I – I'm pretty sure, and, you know, I reserve the right to be wrong, and, and you know, I have been and can be, so, uh, <laughs> but in this case, I don't think I am. Guardian said during that, you know, first episode of Hard Knocks that, you know, they had a product and that it didn't really work the way they wanted it to, and so that they put additional padding and enforcement into the headgear. And the NFL put some information out about that. Um, but now I feel like every you know kid in America has seen this and their parents have seen it and they're running out and buying it. My question would be, are they buying the same one that the guys in the NFL are using? Or are they buying the one that they said didn't work good enough? And so, you know, what kind of service are we putting out there? Um, to the youth, because at the end of the day, look, there's 2,000 guys in the NFL, and tragedy what happened last night with Tua, but, you know, that's the top of the pyramid. The bottom of the pyramid for us is the millions of American kids that are growing up trying to be their, you know, farm system, if you will, that are don't have the best trainers, don't have the best equipment, don't have a doctor on the sideline. And really, you know, it, it boils down to the you know, the kids that need the most protection are getting the least. And we got to do a better job of that. And and for them to see 
things like what happened last night. And I know you guys talked about it on the show with your, your previous guest. And, you know, we just saw four days ago a guy stumbling around like he got beat up by Mike Tyson, you know. And four days later, he's paraded back on the field and we're told that it's a, a neck injury. Now, Jason, I don't know about you, but I've been around quite a while. I've never heard that before. I've never seen a guy react to a neck injury the way to his body reacted. And, you know, I've, I've got to spend some time in the past with Coach McDaniels down there. And listen, if he made it in this business, he made it because he's a cerebral guy. I mean, he is a smart, smart guy. And I would imagine that he values, you know, the human brain. And so I don't think it's a coaching thing, but something's got to be broken with, you know, the independent doctor, uh, the protocol, you know, what, what we're talking about, because I mean, people are forgetting, you know, he came and played four days later and everyone's talking about that. Not really. He came, played the same game. Yeah. The game, the same game. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Mike, this is the thing you've coached, you've been around it. You've been around the doctors. You've been around all the technology. You know what it takes that helmet picture right there where he's coming back that the one with the helmet on this picture here, We know when his hat hit that turf, and we know that grass, even though it was grass in Miami, and that grass is this thick, and there's concrete underneath that grass, we have all played and known what that hit feels like and what that hat and that jar does to your brain. And for him to get up and fall down, first of all, if he had a back injury or a neck injury, he fucking wouldn't have popped right up like that. Number two, he gets up, walks three steps, and falls. We know that was a concussion. I don't know how he cleared it where everyone nowadays takes your hat away, your helmet away. Why was that not even a... I didn't see no one take his helmet. I didn't see anyone do anything to bring him back in the game. But... What does your hat do compared to Guardian in, in regards to this pitcher? And, and I, I know there's direct impact and then there's acceleration, deceleration impact. I wanted to bring that up because I know I, that's why I like your helmets much better. But people don't understand. Tua suffered a blast brain injury last night. He got whipped and he got slammed down. And... Um, he got whipped and slammed down. That's when his fingers went into uh, convulsions because that really wasn't the first time. It was because his brain hadn't recovered from three days prior, and that is why it happened. So that's why you saw the hands and the fingers, and you see that happen, and that's why they rushed him to the hospital. God willing, he's out. He's on the way. He's already back home. But, um, man, well, me and you I, might know he shouldn't have played. Um, yeah, listen, listen, uh, you know, I think the thing is now with, you know, the movie concussion and and traumatic brain injuries and and all of the science and medicine that's around it now, you know, you can be quote unquote knocked out and not get a concussion, which is mind boggling to me, right? That just doesn't support any time I've ever been knocked out, right? I mean I know what that feels like or what it feels like the next day, um and, and those to follow. So The interesting thing about the impact in the screen that you showed before, Jason, is that is the perfect storm, okay? Uh, I know you say they weren't playing on turf, but let me remind you, Mother Earth is undefeated in these battles. She's never lost. No doubt. Right? I mean, you're talking about um, an impact with the ground. It's the worst thing you could have happen. And then, you know, a lot of doctors 
folk have focused in the past on, you know, that exact impact, right? That linear impact, that force. Um, and then they kind of moved away from that and got into, you know, rotational impacts. And as you talk about, you know, speeds and accelerations and decelerations, and basically those are fancy words for this whiplash effect, right? Well, when you watch his head, I mean, that that is what the whiplash effect is. So he, he not only had kind of the, the sloshing of the brain and the whiplashing effect and the and the speed increase and decrease, but he also had the 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 force impact of of hitting his head on on you know on the ground. And so it was a perfect storm. It's a combination of the best of both worlds. And you know, you see this a lot. And if you've been around football, you you would say, you know, this happens a lot more when a guy is thrown to the ground rather than when a guy is hit. hit. Yes. With the helmet, right? Uh, that whiplash thing, and you know, going up a wide receiver, going up for a ball in the back of the end zone, and that kind of jump ball, and he taps his toes. The next thing you know, he's going down backwards, and his head is whipping to the ground. I mean, that's uh, that's when it happens all the time. And and so when we started in seven on seven, Jason, to your point, people were like, "Well, what do you need helmets for? It's only touch football." And we're like, "Well." <laughs> Well, if you've ever watched or been around seven on seven, you know it's a lot more than that, right? And whenever people are gathering towards a ball, um, there's going to be collisions. And there's, you know, obviously, you know, coverages and drag routes and trying to shake one-on-ones. And, you know, there's collisions happening all over the field and there's head injuries happening all over the place. And so, you know, we wanted to stop that. I mean, we're our thing is at Game Breaker that, you know, And this is why this is unfortunate. Our thing is that you have to stop the head injuries at the practice level. You have to eliminate those. I mean, you have to be able to um, practice football in a way that doesn't create head injuries. And and it's it's like any other sport, right? You don't just, you know, get the keys to an F-18 and go out and start, you know, dogfighting. I mean, you learn in a simulator. And you simulate boxing. You don't go out and fight every week. You put on a, a helmet and you spar and you shadow box. Football is the only sport that we're still learning how to simulate. We have to learn how to simulate football in practice. And that's what practice needs to be. And the reason is, is because those secondary injuries, the second and third time around, um, are so much, they're so much greater that you have to protect against the first one. And, you know, there's a lot of focus on protocol and return to play and time. You know what? We got to focus on stopping them, right? Stopping the first one. And and unfortunately for Tua, we all know that, you know, he was still cobwebs, right? There was still, the dust was still shook it up. And it, it led to, you know, what we saw, which, like I said, is, is terrible. But, you know, now I'm interested to see how long he's going to be in the protocol for. Because, um, you know, obviously he's going to feel better uh, and he wants to get on the field. But, you know, he's a young guy. He's got a bright career in front of him. And someone needs to step in and say, listen, um, you know, this is about your long-term health and safety. Not only, you know, when your career's over, but while you're still playing. Let me ask you this. A lot of people don't realize, like soccer, men and women's soccer, I believe, is a higher rate of concussions in football. Um, yeah, your hats. Are, are you in the soccer realm yet? Because um, that's Absolutely. basically seven on seven, right? For what we talk about. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right. There, there is a, uh, there's a lot more people playing soccer than football. Um, but percentage wise, even, uh, they concuss at a rate higher than, than football. And of course, you know, women concuss at a rate 10 times men. Well, let me put it to you this way. If you have a son, uh, Jason, he's 10 times more likely to concuss than you are an adolescent son. If you have an adolescent daughter, she's 10 times more likely to concuss than your son, which means she's a hundred times more likely to concuss than you are, which is frightening. Now, when you really think about it, you think about the way, you know, we played and how we grew up, Jason. I mean, we spent a lot of time strengthening our necks and, uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of studies around there around that say that that's a big part of it. Well, you know, I put on a shirt and tie and I think I'm a 19 and a half or a 20 neck. I'm, my wife is probably in, you know, half of that. Right. And good point. And my, my head weighs 14 pounds and my wife's head weighs eight pounds. So again, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that they're going to concuss at a higher rate than that. But oddly enough, up until just a few years ago, Jason, they didn't even have women's heads forms to test against. And so again, there's a lot of virtual virtue signaling going on. A lot of people talking about, you know, doing it safe for us. You know, we were able to be a disruptor in the space, meaning I owned another business that I, you know, built and sold. And if I don't ever sell a hel helmet, I'm, I'm not going to miss a meal. Right. So, you know, we really got in with the feeling like, like we're going to put out only the best stuff and uh, we're going to do it for the right reasons. And, and hopefully we'll get people to bite um, as it relates to like the NFL, you know, the league itself hasn't done it, anything with us, but individual teams and coaches do all the time. And, and that's a testament to them. I really, I really believe that. What, let me ask you this though. You've been around this, you've been around, I'm sure you do a lot of research with doctors and neuros and all these different people to, to when you come up, I've been in your, I've been in your office. I've been in your warehouse. I know the technology that goes into this product. Um, you don't make something like your product without being around these big time leaders in the industry. Um, why was he allowed to leave the hospital last night? Doesn't that seem odd to you too? Like I, I'm curious. You just had a back-to-back -back concussions in a, in a matter of five days. You froze up last night. You go to the hospital. You come back and get all your faculties. But at the same time, every time I've been around Mike, me and you've been around a long time. They kept us in the hospital for a day after we've had two. Um, and they don't want you to sleep, right? Usually they monitor that. We're not going to let you go to sleep uh, for eight or nine hours. We're going to keep that brain functioning. We're not going to allow the swelling to set in. Um, what the hell was that about? I'm confused on what we're doing nowadays if we're all talking this protection shit. I mean, Roger Goodell makes $70 million a year, and, and we can't figure out a better uh, method than this. It blows my mind. No, I mean, you're right. Listen, I don't know. I, I can't speak to that. I mean, there's a lot of things, right? When you go to the hospital now, they like to discharge you as fast as possible, seemingly. Um, so it could be that. It could be, it could be that that looks good. That plays well in the press. Um, that makes a lot of people feel more comfortable and stop talking about Tua and like, oh, he's good. He's home. Everything's fine. Uh, I'm sure that he's not fine. I'm sure that he's, you know, uh, being looked out for and cared for. And again. The organization down there, you know, hopefully is is doing everything in their power to make sure that he's being looked out after. Um, but, yeah, it, it just, you know, and, and, and Jason, some of those things have changed as far as sleeping and not sleeping. And 
some of the rules around how you, you know, come back from a head injury. But regardless, you know, I, I just think it sends a bad signal to say uh, in the press, on social media, everywhere, everyone has already seen it this morning, the two is at home resting and he's fine. And because that tells kids something and uh, it's sending a message that's just not true. He's not, he, he might not be in the hospital, but he's not okay and fine. Yeah, and I, I didn't even think you were allowed to fly uh, after that. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Is that is that new technology too? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. I just, um, again, I, w- I would hope that he would be somewhere resting and be under you know care and being watched out for. Hopefully that's the case. Maybe he's got some with him. I, I don't know. Um, but again, all the visuals that are coming out on this thing seem to be one giant mistake after another, you know, you point to Roger Goodell and, and, you know, what's happening at the home office and there has to be a better way. You've got to send a better message out to, you know, high school coaches, to youth coaches, um, and, and to your other, you know, uh, competitors in the league that, you know, this isn't okay. He's not okay. You can't just, you know, get knocked out, you know, roll around, like you said, stand up, fall down, look like Trevor Burbick against Mike Tyson, you know, clearly not have his wits about him, see him come back in the game shortly thereafter, and then after four short days and a short week, show right back up out on that field. And, um, you know, he's a competitor. Obviously, he wants to play. He's going to say everything he can to get on the field. But as you know, this is a sport where, you know, you need somebody else to, like you said, take your helmet away, lock it up, and it's just not a question because, you know, you've seen it happen on the field. Ten minutes after this happens, guys say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And if you don't take their helmet away and you don't lock it up, they will be back. in the. It's kind of our job to make sure that they don't do that. And to see that happen um, is is terrible. Now, again, I know Coach McDaniels is getting a lot of heat. I don't think this is anything that he would fudge. I don't think that that's something that a decision he's a part of or that he's allowed to be a part of so the real failure is with uh these so-called doctors uh and experts in this field i mean they're failing the game and they need to hire some better people no doubt um tell everybody uh make sure you see the ticker below michael jules ceo of game breaker gamebreaker.com go check it out all you coaches in the chat if you guys need any headgear this is the main leading technology in the business he's in the nfl college football how many nfl and college football teams are you with now um countless i mean well i we're we're actually the only soft shell company that's in the nfl and ncaa i think that's important to note there's a lot of knockoff products out there um because there aren't a lot of uh you know watch cards at the lower levels these these pakistani made kind of cheap knockoffs or rugby scrums end up popping up already i mean all over the place and listen a rugby scrum may look like our helmet, ladies and gentlemen, but I can assure you that it is not. Uh, rugby scrums aren't designed to attenuate force. They're meant to protect your ears while scrumming, and they're made to protect you from scrapes and abrasions. That's not what our headgear does. Our headgear has technology in it, D3O. Um, you can look them up at D3O.com. They've won the Queen's Award out of England you know, a few years in a row. They're highly regarded as the number one impact protection material in the world. Um, we have a global exclusive with them in that category, and 
that's in all of our products and it's in there because it it acts like a hard shell helmet it's a rate sensitive technology which basically means um you know when you put it in your hand and you squeeze it it feels like memory foam but the harder the impact the harder the molecules lock up and and protect you and so um obviously five star rated from virginia tech and um they do some testing in that space but uh there's uh there's no one else in the NFL or collegiate level uh, like we are. We're probably 99.5% of the market. And I think where you see competitors leaking into our space is at the very lowest levels where they're taking advantage of you know moms and dads who just don't understand or just don't know any better. But at the high school, college, and NFL level, we're, we're dominant. We're, we're exclusive. Um, I think every year, you know, it's hard, Jason, because, you know, we're not backed by you know, the NFL, the NFL is not promoting our product or saying they should use it or not use it, which, again, is mind boggling to me that guys are running around without helmets on days or running around in helmets only, which makes no sense. And so we've had to use our relationships and kind of go team by team. You know, Coach Payton and the Saints were the first people to you know, purchase our headgear. Um, and it's amazing that some kind of old school, quote unquote, old school guys are the first guys to buy in and, and people think, wow, that's crazy. I, I wouldn't expect that, but I mean, you really should expect it because they're the guys like you, Jason, that have been around the block and understand the game and know the game of football and, and how to practice it and, and how to play it. And those are two totally different things. And so we brought in the Raiders and, and Gruden and they started wearing it up there. And then of course he got fired. I know we brought in the Vikings last year, two years ago, coach Zimmer, he was a big fan. They used a lot. More importantly, in Minnesota, the players, I mean, if you saw some of the interviews with Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cooks, I mean, they just love wearing our stuff. Um, they love the way it changes practice. And so they loved our stuff. Uh, the most recent acquisition uh, addition was uh, Frank Reich and the Colts. Uh, they contacted us late in the year this year and got into our stuff. But we have, you know, probably, you know, 20, 25 teams on our shoulder pads. And then at the collegiate level, forget about it, whether it's, you know, Miami, USC, uh, Oregon, you know, everybody from coast to coast is wearing our headgear at the collegiate level. Um, remember now, these guys have what we call PRPs, right? These player-run practices where there's no no coaches out there at all. What do you think those kids are doing? They're playing seven-on-seven seven, full bore, and so they're using them during that time. Um, junior colleges everywhere jumping in. Um, and uh, people are just figuring out that, hey, there's a, there's a better way to practice without having these guys banging all day. And we do better on whether it's Saturdays at the collegiate level or Sundays in the NFL level when we have our guys on the field and getting them beat up in practice doesn't work. So, yeah, I mean, and then, and then at the college level, it trickles down into, you know, those first 12 days uh, where, they, where they come in and they're not allowed to wear pads and we're not considered to be equipment or, or pads so they're allowed to wear our stuff and then that rolls into the season coaches start going wait a minute why are we wearing helmets only on this day this is why we want to do it and they're changing that up and then of course they, they use them for the camps i think you know a couple of years ago texas a&m bought like a thousand headgear for from us and that was a big statement because they were basically saying you know we're bringing these high school athletes out here for camps and clinics we owe them <laughs> we owe them to keep them safe, right? We got to send them back to their high schools in better shape than we found them. And and unfortunately, at these kind of satellite camps, when you have that many kids and they're competing for scholarships, 
they're going full bore as hard as they can go and, and head injuries were occurring. And so they've stepped up in that category. So uh, to answer your question, it's countless. Um, if you tell me your favorite team, I'll tell you they're probably on our headgear and our shoulder pads, but uh, it's growing more and more. And we just want to really, you know, get drilled down better at the youth level and make sure these kids are protected. And, and uh, it's nice to say, you know, the Raiders or the Saints or the Cowboys or whoever it may be, but um, it's also great protecting the, the future, and that's what we're all about. Let me ask you this. Uh, I know you got to get out of here. I know you're over in uh, – where are you at, Cabo? Yeah, I'm down at Chileno Bay. I'm getting ready to go catch some fish, Jason, I hope. Man, I want to be you. I want to be like <laughs> you, man. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. Is there a way to create this in a thinner form that ends up going under the helmet? And is that a possibility? I know you probably thought of that. Is there even such a thing – um, and is it even uh, uh, feasible? And what do you have going on now in, in the future? What do you uh, are you got you got anything in the in production or or in, on your goal list? Well, actually, to your uh, we need to hire you and put you in our R and D department, Jason. Because uh, and if we could afford you, we would. But I'll tell you what, we have something that goes under the helmet. It's called the Stealth Helmet Liner, um, and. Believe it or not, it's in a lot of NFL locker rooms, um, and it's called the Stealth because you don't see it and nobody knows you're wearing it. Um, but it uh, does what they're trying to do with the uh, Guardian cap, which is it, in, it improves the efficiency of your hard shell helmet. Um, I, the testing we have, I think it makes your helmet. We, we tested it with the top three or four hard shells in the space at an increased uh, efficacy, I think. I'm not looking at the website you are, but I think it's around 18%. Um, and to me, that's a better solution than something going over the top of the helmet. This goes inside the helmet and uh, actually makes the helmet more comfortable and uh, and adds to uh, the, the protection levels. That being said, at the NFL level, you know, the helmet manufacturers have started making this uh, thing called a precision fit helmet where they do 3D mapping. And when you use that type of helmet, that liner will make their helmet not fit. Um, again, this is something that's uh, used in the NFL by people that aren't wearing precision fit helmets and then at the collegiate and high school and youth levels. And um, we're selling quite a few of these. Um, but again, most of the stuff that you see with our name on it, Jason, you don't see. We're not trying to become the next, you know, right. brand that everybody's talking about. Most of our stuff is, you know, even our soft shell helmets, the picture you showed, it doesn't have our name anywhere on. It's not plastered all over the darn thing. We're more interested in putting, you know, our customer's name on it and 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 letting them be, you know, show their school pride or their team spirit. And so we reserve those spots for their logos and their names. Um, and this product, again, you don't really see it. Um, and, and we like that because the kid, you know, the, the, the athlete doesn't feel, you know, like they're special. Now nah, that's nice. I, I knew you did something. I saw it in your office before and I was wondering if that was a thing going around. So I, I figured that was a, uh, a good quality thing to have in this damn helmets. But, uh, man, I it's mean, always good to hear from you, man. I have to come see you when you get back in town and, um, and we'll chop it up, man. But I appreciate you coming on, giving these great folks insight. Make sure you go on over to GameBreaker.com 
and uh, and and check him out. And he's the creator, the owner, the CEO of this company that is uh, all over America in the youth football organizations, high school, college, and the NFL. So he is across the landscape of football. And uh, appreciate Michael coming in, man, and joining us. Um, much love to you. Um, see you later, brother. Um, I know he's in Cabo, and uh, he's got a bunch of uh, service issues, so I appreciate him coming on, man. Um, Michael Jules, appreciate him. Um, you there? Yeah, I just want to say appreciate you. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, uh, you are the most sincere, honest, real person out there. And the fact that you're doing radio and talking to people is important because, you know, you're unapologetic, meaning that uh, no one owns your words. You own them. And uh, it's something to be super proud of. And I know that, you know, in this world, as you try to navigate business deals, a lot of people want to put the strings on you. And, and I've got them on me, believe me. And, and you're free wielding. And uh, it's it's great to see and keep up the good work, my friend. Hey, man, I appreciate you. L- let me know when you're ready to hire me. I'm going to go sell some of these fucking things all over the country. Um, <laughs> you got it, man. All right, bro. Appreciate you. Be safe. See you. Good. Later. Um, great dude right there. He's coached a lot of fucking NFL players, by the way. If you don't know, he's coached a lot of actual NFL guys. Um um, Nick, you're back um, for a minute. Uh, Brian Finneran is going to be joining us here in about two minutes, three minutes. Um, we're going to talk all things. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about this whole thing. It's, it's, I'm sure it's going to be discussed everywhere in America. Uh, I, at least I wanted to bring people on that have something, some some insight on what's happening here with this thing. But uh, we'll see what's going on. Hey, man, let me ask you something. What's up with Christian McCaffrey? He misses another practice. He's put on the IR. He's taken off. Um, I don't know what the fuck's going on with him, but he's a bleeder. I think Saquon Barkley's a bleeder. I think CP3, the, the basketball player, is a bleeder. Some guys just aren't available, man, and, and it sucks because there's great, talented guys out here. Some people are bleeders. Some people scab up and play. What uh, What is your take on McCaffrey, and is he going to even be a guy that we we know who he is in a year or two? Yeah, I mean, right. what is it? Coach Rule came out the other day and said it's just a quad injury, but it's more than a bruise. Um, C-Mac, you know, being a Colorado kid and being Ed McCaffrey's son, you know, I've followed him all through high school and college. And, you know, he's just one of those dudes, man. Like, he's a Swiss Army knife, but it's kind of showing you what those guys do. I mean, they just get banged up. You know, he's one of those dudes. He's just like an athletic freak but he can just never stay healthy, you know? And I agree with you. He's a bleeder, but I I just don't know, man. He's just one of those guys that's so up and down, but when he is on the field, he's so, so dynamic and such a stud. But like, I I just don't think if he's, he's ever just going to be fully healthy. You know, we haven't seen him go, you know, a full season since what his rookie year, you know? So, I mean, he'll get back on the field. He's a stud, but at the same time, like I agree, He's just one of those guys that, like, you just never – you can never really depend on him to be healthy. Man, here's, a, here's, a, here's an interesting quote. I'm going to ask Brian later on, but I don't know if you know what's going on. Um, Tyree Kill and this guy have a big old beef. Let me get right back to you. Let me get right back to you, Nick. Uh, sorry. Yep. I'll get right back to you. Um, without further ado, I'm going to bring my main man, Brian Finneran, in. Uh, like I said, long time uh, NFL wide receiver. Uh, Brian, what up, man? I appreciate you. You got it. Can you hear me all right? Everything oh, yeah, good? I got you. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, you just finishing up your show, huh? 
Yeah, 680 The Fan out here in Atlanta. You know, I'm from the uh, West Coast as well. No doubt. Up in uh, no Orange doubt. County and uh, went to Santa Margarita Catholic no, High School out there. No doubt. We're the same age, man. I remember you were there. Uh, who was a the quarterback there then? Carson? At, uh, Carson uh, Palmer was a freshman when I was a senior. Yeah, I know he's younger than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You graduated in 94 too? Yeah, 94. That's exactly right. Yeah, we're, we're the same age. I remember you. Uh, I played at Artesia. We actually played... Santa Margarita, we played each other freshman year. Um, who was the quarterback you guys had? Uh, was it Steve Sorensen? Sorensen? No, no, we had Sean O'Brien, and uh, we had two Yankoff boys of all the names in the world, Derek Yankoff uh, my senior year and Trevor Yankoff my sophomore year. That's right, that's right, that's right. Um, man, so you're out in Atlanta doing a show, huh? Uh, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I had to get you on last night because it was just unbelievable watching that game. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, what do you? What is your take on Tyreek Hill before we get into Tua, man? What is your take on Tyreek Hill? Uh, he, I guess he got into it with a coach last night for the Bengals, and he and he came, he, he came out and said, "I feel disrespected. Uh, we need to have a conversation, mano y mano." I'm just like. Does this guy ever shut the fuck up? I'm just curious. But, you know, he's getting into it with the DBs. I get it. I, I like talking shit, too. But at one point, it becomes more than uh, than it becomes a little bit more of a distraction, especially when your quarterback's out with a concussion. Um, what's your yeah, take exactly. on him? It can become a big distraction. I don't know why guys involve themselves with coaches anyway. There's so much going on throughout the course of a game. you got to worry about DBs and your own quarterback, especially when it's a backup protections no and sight adjustments and blitzes and your route progression and everything else so i i usually ignored guys that ran their mouths a lot um or said something real quick and told them like you said shut the fuck up and i'll go back to do what i was doing a minute ago so i i've never been a guy that got involved with coaching staffs so i barely got involved with the dbs and linebackers <laughs> on the other side of the ball no doubt no doubt man you had a hell of a career man uh nowadays looking at it people don't understand it's like all right this is a big, to the stereotypical, this is a big white slow wideout, right? Everyone's going to talk shit. Um, yeah. You played for a long time. You had a hell of a career, man. I used to love watching you. Uh, what, is the, uh, what is the take right now? What is your take right now on all these big-time receivers? I think talent is as good as it's ever been. I think, uh, you know, we're more gifted athletically than me in your, our era. Um, I also think athletes at quarterback position are the greatest we've ever seen. But in the totality, I've been saying it on everyone's show, I think quarterback play is as low as it's ever been. I don't believe it's that good across the board, even though we are more athletic. Um, am I on to something, or do you do you agree when you see these quarterbacks? Um, it seems like we're really a one-trick pony. We're taking the play from the sideline, and we're running that play. We're not really doing much at the line of scrimmage anymore like we once did. Um, what are you seeing with today's game? Is how it's evolved from when me and you played, and uh, is there any I, fixing it? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I could kind of compare it to the NBA, what it was for a long time. I just lost interest when it became a six seven, six eight, six nine athlete running around uh, with no real skill set. If you're tall enough to be a giant athlete, you can run and jump. Then you could play in the NBA, and we lost the skill set that. Larry Bird had or Magic Johnson had or Isaiah Thomas. And it was just – it got stale for me. Kind of the same way in the NFL right now with the young quarterbacks relying on their athleticism more than a skill set and fundamentals. But you still have a nice mix. I mean, Tom Brady, if he, I'm waiting for him to go away for the love of God. Uh, but Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, um, looks like Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford. Those guys get to the line of scrimmage 
Garoppolo will do it with San Fran, and, and they'll have their um, can-can calls you'll see and over-over, and they'll make some adjustments at the line of scrimmage. But I think you're right. I saw what you did with Kyler Murray. I think you posted something on a hot route he missed, and, and he's just a blatant, obvious creep down corner off the edge and safety backing his ass up and he doesn't even think about looking over there and he gets smashed and you just have to be able to adjust in those easy ones and when you see that you just scratch your head and go what the hell and, I, and i'm at, and, and my thing is it's not just kyler now that i'm watching more and more like daniel jones missed a blatant one off a double tight 12 personnel stinger set the other night uh he misses a blatant one and the tight end don't even block nobody and he stays in and i'm just like Protection as a whole, I don't know if it's being, if it's just a, if it's a lost trait at the college level because we're trying to go fast, run tempo, RPO, right. triple option, yeah. and is it not being taught? And then we get to the NFL, these quarterbacks, these receivers, all we worry about is going tempo, running fast. We're getting cards on the sideline and pretty ass shit, and we're trying to go fast. Whiteouts aren't being taught protections anymore. We're not seeing safety rotations. We're not being taught any of the things that we were taught um, to look for this rotation. So we know the quarterback understands we're on the same page and we're going to make a side adjustment based on his alignment. We're going to run an out or a slant or a hitch. We don't, I don't see any of that happening. I'm like, this is the NFL. Like this is the elite of elite, right? It's happening, man. I think, I think we see the blatant misses more times than not. And you also see, so many young quarterbacks coming out of systems that don't get them ready for NFL play and NFL blitzes and defense. It's like Zach Wilson, he's got to face off against the Steelers this week, I think. Yeah. I think. And Joe Flacco in there looked good for him because he's a veteran. Yeah. He's done all the things you're talking about. He's seen every type of blitz. So Zach better be ready. He better have been watching film when he was in on uh, IR and um, not practicing and everything else. He better have been studying and taking notes. And I think the other thing is, like, I watched my kid go to school. He's 18 um never comes home with homework no doesn't have a freaking notebook in his hand everything's on a computer same thing in the nfl i i have 10 15 notebooks full of nonsensical nonsense from <laughs> the years i played in the nfl quotes my coaches said alignment situations blitzes i had to pick up i mean coach malarkey was my offensive coordinator here in atlanta my last three years matt ryan was a young young football player I mean, he was well. He he put me in the backfield as a fullback. I lined up as a tight end because he knew he could trust me to do the right things, read the coverages, read the blitzes, and do it. But if you don't study it and you don't do it on a regular basis, especially in live game action, you're going to miss some of them. That's what they're doing. Let me ask you this: Are quarterbacks playing too fast coming out of college? Are should we sit these guys a year or two? I mean. We're paying them this big money. Uh, we're getting guys that are clearly not ready. Justin Fields, clearly not ready. I mean, NFL quarterbacks throwing for 70 yards in a football game tells me that there's a reason Andy Dalton played a lot more than you last year. Like, there, there's, a, there's issues, in my opinion. Kyler Murray is not ready, and we're paying them big money. I just don't understand why we're not sitting. The only guy I see sitting is Jordan Love. We don't know if he's going to be any good or not, but I would not sure, be surprised. Think about these these teams, Jay. They're they're they're, um, they're bad football teams, so you're not getting all the help you need. I mean, what is Jay, what is Justin Fields thrown to and using in, in Chicago? So you set them up for disaster. They're drafting these guys because they're so talented, yep. athletically and strong armed and big bodied, and you think you can answer all the world's problems on the football field with big giant athletes that can run and, and throw the football, but you have to let them study and learn. But who's going to play in front of them? I mean, uh, Jordan loves not playing because Aaron Rodgers is one of the best in the world to do it. So who else 
do you sit Zach Wilson behind Joe Flacco? Right. I mean, right. fans don't want to see that shit. Um, no doubt. It's a, it's a tough it's a tough deal when to play him. Ideally, yes. I I totally agree with you. Let him sit for two years and then come out and play and learn under somebody. Hey, so that's back to fair point too. That's back to my original point. That is why I say quarterback play is at an all-time low, in my opinion, because these guys should be sitting, but they're not because we're not very good at the spot anymore. And I, I just think we're coming in playing sooner than we've ever have because the guys in the NFL are, are you know, I, I saw Mark Sanchez did a show the other day, and he was talking about in the next year or two or three, uh, this game will be so evolved that you're going to have to have a prerequisite of being an athletic guy at the position. Now, I think everyone's more athletic than I was, right? Obviously, than yeah, Tom Brady. Yep. Yeah, so I think that's already happening. But let's not get it get away from us as far as understanding the fundamentals of the game. We don't take centers, uh, quarterback center exchanges anymore in college. We're not taking under center snaps. Um, we're not teaching any of that. Um but at the same time, um, I don't believe we're teaching fronts, protections. I don't believe we're, we're, we're teaching uh, gap responsibility. I don't believe these kids know what they're looking at, uh, what they're looking for, for compared to pre- and post-snap. So, I mean, it's just a lot of things going on. Um, but I do believe everything's af- more athletic, and I think the game's about money, and, and we're trying to get the most money we can. And, and, and let me ask you this. You've played in the NFL a long time. What is your take on playing a Sunday game and then playing on a Thursday? Oh man, um, it's it's tight. It's not ideal. I'll tell you that. Uh, there are some safety issues there that are blatant. I think Richard Sherman, who was on the broadcast last night, didn't say shit about the two concussions in a row. Not one of those guys. No, they shit. can say said some nice things about Tua and his family and hope he's okay, but not one guy said anything about having two concussions in four freaking days. That's what so, I'm talking about. Visit. That's and you I know you were pissed so, off. I know you were pissed as a player. Uh, I know you're pissed as a former player in the NFL for so long. Like, I don't understand how. Bottom line is, your bodies don't even recover. Our bodies don't recover from Sunday to, till till Thursday regularly, and a little less play a game on that night. We're still recovering right. from Sunday's game. Um, it's not ideal, man. But you, but you got they got all eyes on the NFL on Thursday night. You got a freaking ten year deal with Amazon or 11 year deal with prime now. And it's just, it's a game changing money making situation for everybody involved. It's a salary cap goes up. So the players get paid more. The owners get paid more. The TV networks are paying out more. The whole thing is wrapped around money and eyes on eyes on the prize. And it just is what it is. Unfortunately, I, I one a year doesn't really bother me. They're not piling guys on. So, and a lot of times they try to back it up with a bye week if they can, but, it's not the end of the world, in my opinion. It's not ideal, but once a year, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. Nah, I hear you. Um, yeah, it's, it's to your point. Nobody, I, I heard not one person, even this morning, uh, except Nico Vitz. He was talking when he started crying about it. He's talking about uh, we played in four days. I'm like, why is nobody talking about it last night? I'm just like, I have to post it because I, I'm, I'm a, not only a former player and played the position. I'm just like, dude. I know this guy's out here thinking this shit. We're just so scared to say it nowadays. But, like, dude, this guy just played four days ago, clearly had a concussion. We clearly know it wasn't his damn back. And how he cleared that, we have no idea. But are the Miami Dolphins becoming the new fucking New England Patriots with all the gates? <laughs> yeah. You ain't kidding. Concussion gate is fully intact right now because 
I don't know how you watch as a, I don't know, as an athlete, as anybody, really. I mean, you should be able to watch that, watch a guy fall backwards on Sunday, smash his head, back of his head on the ground, which is a whiplash deal where you get a lot of your concussions, uh, shake his head because he can't see straight for a minute, get up, stumble like he's been drinking all morning long, fall down, get up, have, a lineman has to hold him, he shakes his head again, puts his hand on his head, and you're telling me he hurt his back? I've never seen a trainer sprint out on a field like that for a guy that hurt his back. Me, me either. Give me a fucking break. Uh, <laughs> I was saying I was the same sick, shit, dude. man. I was, I was like, sick. I don't understand it. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just shocked. And, and, and I'm in all this shit about protection and all this player safety shit. And Roger Goodell makes $70 million a year. And, and we're playing four days apart. We're going to London at all-time high. Um, what is your take about that? I, I, I'm not waking up at 6.30 on the West Coast to watch a game on in London. Um, the travel of it alone. Um, and then you got to get back and play again on uh, maybe on a Thursday. Like, how is this scheduling uh, conducive for health for these cats if we're so health conscious? I know. They're never going to send somebody overseas and have a play on Thursday. I can promise you that. They, they will make sure that doesn't happen because you have to get that recovery. I went to Tokyo twice with the Falcons for preseason games, that was a ball buster. That trip right there is is hellacious. Uh, but we got to spend a few days there in Tokyo and Japan, and, and we got back. You got a couple of days off as well for training camp. But, it, again, it's about the brand. It's about building um, building whatever they can build in order to make more money. Um, and, and, again, I love the NFL. I, I, I really do. What, is, what the NFL has done for me and my family and the opportunities it's given me as a professional, whether that's in radio or speaking engagements, whatever it might be, has been as special as it gets. But the fact that they can't get out of their own way with this concussion nonsense and you can't have a doctor or a third party on the sideline or a trainer or, or a coach to just go, hey, let's stop for a second and think about what just happened. Okay, He is literally concussed. Now, I've been concussed a bunch when I played, so I know what it feels like. I know what happens, and I know as a player – you don't think straight. You want to get back in the game. You want to compete. You want to be out there for your team. So you need somebody in your corner that can protect you from yourself, and that's their job. If you see somebody stumble like he stumbled on Sunday and you let him get back in the game and you let him play four days later and he gets it again, guess what? Somebody's getting sued, and if he, gets, if he has a serious issue, they got, they're going to have a, their freaking hands full, man. I was – it was, it was one of the most disgusting injuries I've seen in a long time. I, I agree. What is your uh, – I know, I know you're a busy man, too. I, I don't want to hold you. What is your take? What, what do you think is going to happen to this? I know they're investigating the first concussion. Now after last night, like, we, ult- we ultimately know who's held accountable in this thing, but they'll never take responsibility for being accountable, if that makes sense. Who, who's, what's going to happen here? Do you see anything? And does Tua play again this year or ever? If I had to bet if he played again this year, I'd say 50-50. I think he's got to sit at least six weeks to get his, get his this thing figured out. He cannot have back-to-back concussions like that and expect to be back on a football field within a month or even two. So, Playing that position, by the way. For him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the second, what is it called, second impact syndrome or something where yep. back-to-back concussions, that's what they try to avoid with this thing. Like one concussion is not going to end your career. You could get. I had five or six bad ones, man. I had one in Barcelona when I was playing NFL Europe, knocked the fuck out, and 
10 seconds on the field, trainers come out, come get me. I'm sitting on the sideline, and this is in 99 when concussions weren't even a thing. And um, I hear, like, five minutes later, I hear my personnel called, 10 personnel, two-minute drill, let's go. Pick my helmet up off the bench, run on in the field, have no idea, three or four routes I run, and they finally took my helmet at halftime and kept me off the field. So you have to protect us athletes from ourselves because all we know in that moment when you're a little dizzy or you're concussed or you're out of it is that you're supposed to be playing football and that's your first instinct is go play so unless there's a doctor a train a team a third party whatever to keep you from getting out there and hurting yourself worse we're going to continue to do it because we're meathead stupid ass football players and that's our mentality and that's why i'm so hell-bent on protecting us from ourselves and it didn't happen last night no doubt. And I and I know we used to be bitching and moaning and cussing and and fighting over getting back off there and and, and I and I'm the biggest one. I'm like, "Man, you're not hurt. Let's go." But and when it came to head injuries, I didn't fuck with it, man. You're done. Sit your ass over there. That's one thing I didn't play with. All the other shit, we can get we can get around. Right. Um and if I fucked up and pushed you to play because you had a little tight of hammy or something, so be it. But it ain't no brain, man. It ain't nothing that's going to affect your life and your kid's life and your family's life for the rest of your life. And I know, too, his whole family, being from The Rock and recruiting those kids and knowing. I know his dad is fucking pissed right now. I wouldn't want to be in that fucking office. I know his dad might come up there and fuck everybody up. I don't know. Um, very curious on how that goes, man. But uh, yeah, what, what's yeah. your take on Mariota and the Falcons, man? Is he the guy or is he just a journeyman uh, in, in a position on a rebuild team? I love his. I love his effort. Um, he he's a he's a good athlete. He's had some really bad fourth quarter late game turnovers, fumbles. I think he's got five fumbles. He lost three of them so far. He's got a couple three, two or three picks this season. So we've only played four freaking games or two, three games. Yeah. So they're two and one, one and two. They should be two and two. I mean, they should be two and one. They let the Saints off the ropes because of that fumble late in that game against the Saints in week one. I like Mariota. I think he's a nice player. I don't think he's the answer moving forward. I'm not even sure Desmond Ritter is who we drafted in the third round either. I don't either. Um, my hope as a Falcon fan, and I, I was never a fan growing up in Southern California of, of a really – we were so busy at the beach and just playing every sport <laughs> that I never became a fanatic. Oh, yeah. But once I stopped playing with the Falcons after 11 years, I became a true fan. I live and die and bleed with this team. I want to see him do good, so – I'm pulling for him. I hope he does well, and, and they continue to do the things that um, that we did back in the day. Who was your quarterback uh, when you played? All who, right. were, who were all of them? So, joined the Falcons in December. Uh, no, yeah, December of '99 on the practice squad. Chris Chandler was the quarterback. So I played with Chris for two years in 2000, 2001. Had some really good numbers with him as far as being like a third or fourth receiver and playing special teams. And then we drafted Vic. Michael Vick, so I had five years with Vick. Uh, was kind of his go-to receiver um, during that time period. I had a couple of 50-catch seasons with him. We ran the ball like a mother when Vick was here. I mean, we led the league in rushing with Warwick Dunn and TJ Duck at a couple years in a row. And then tore my knee up real bad in 06, sat out 07 as well with another ACL, and then um, played three years with Matt Ryan. So I got to see the whole gamut. I got to see – Old dog in Chris Chandler, new 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 age in Michael Vick, which was awesome, and then uh, rookie in Matt Ryan, who changed what this franchise is all about and made him a winner. 
Let me ask you this before you get out of here. Matt Ryan, I, I said he's going to have a resurgent year. I thought the Colts were the team that fit him. I thought he was both. like a Peyton Manning coming into a Colts situation or a Denver situation. I thought he was the guy, and, and, and they may be. You know, they, 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 they go and beat Kansas City, which I, th- I thought that was going to be more of the team I saw. They struggled the first two weeks. They looked bad. But it's going to take time. As, as we know, the preseason as it is now wasn't the same. Uh, do you believe in Matt? Do you think he can do something good there in in, uh, in, in Indy? I loved it. I was the same as you, man. I was all about him. I thought he was going to go there with a better offensive line, a running game. I think the receiver core being hurt the first couple weeks and a little bit lacking and young hurt his chances too. And, and he knows he's got to play better. I think he got sacked a few times. I wish he could have some, some plays back. And uh, to get shut out by Jacksonville is unacceptable. But to turn around like he did – He's a warrior, man, and go beat Kansas City with something else. So maybe that gives him a little boost of energy and excitement and can get some belief going in that football team as they keep rolling. No, but I, I, hope he, um, I hope he gets better. I hope he, I hope they do well this year. Man, I, no, I figured you did. Uh, let me ask you this before you get out of here, man. I know you got to go. Uh, what, in your opinion, is the difference between Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson? You played with one. You see the other. Uh, is Lamar even close because to me he's not close as far as throwing the ball mechanically or arm strength wise but of, of course he's a freak of nature um yeah how do you compare those two it's funny i think um vic was so athletic i mean and lamar is too but vic could move and hop and run and shift <laughs> in and out of the pocket like nothing i've ever seen before in my life and he'd run on the, on the run throwing the ball 65 yards down the field he allowed me to make some sports center type catches and just jump ball opportunities on little DBs out there, which was fun. Lamar, I think, was a little bit more advanced earlier in his career than Mike was. Mike didn't put the time to study and learn defenses like we've been talking about. Mike relied a lot on his athleticism and big, strong arm. I think Lamar had more touch. Lamar had more, um, I don't know if it was film study or what, but he seemed to catch on quicker. But both are phenomenal athletes and and uh, MVP type players so far, so I don't know. I like watching them both play, but Mike, Mike was special and could do things that nobody else can do in the NFL. No, I pre- man, I, I appreciate your insight. Everybody loves it. Um, drop your show again, your radio show. What is it again? Sure. So we're on 680 The Fan here in Atlanta. It's called the Locker Room. There's five of us effing around on that thing, so it's a busy show. We're four hours, six to ten every morning here in Atlanta. You can download the app at 680TheFan.com. Uh, we do a lot of local sports, Port Georgia Bulldogs, um, Atlanta. We're the voice of the Atlanta Braves, so we got a nice little playoff run coming up here again, and um, and obviously we get into the Falcons quite a bit. So SEC football is king down here. So I'm still trying to feel these people out. The crazy football fans out here, brother. All right. And then I want to say appreciate you keeping it real. The stuff you post and things you do. So I'll make sure I keep tapping into what you got going on. If you have a Ever want to come on our show? We'd love to have you one morning. Yeah, yeah. Let me know, brother. I'm I'm up early anyway, man. So I'm I'm you know I'm a work hard, play hard guy. I, I might even have some slapstick whiskey on my breath. Who knows? But I'll keep it real with you, man. And uh, hey, I appreciate you, Brian, coming on, man, giving us this great insight. And uh, what's up, man? You ever coming back home or what? Oh man, you know what? The cost of living here in Atlanta is you can't beat it. <laughs> to play with the Falcons for 11 years, I built a brand for myself, so people know me here. If I show up out in California. Uh, be like my twin brother Brad. Nobody knows who the hell we are. We just going around. I have to find a real job, which I don't want to do. No shit. No shit. Hey, are, are you still are you still stay in touch with Carson and Jordan Palmer in them? Just a little bit. I got to see them every once in a while. I worked out with Jordan um, a few times when I was still playing, and he was working with quarterbacks. I'd go join Sanchez and the Jets in the West situation, and 
uh, get the workouts in on the beach with those guys every once in a while when I was playing in, in the 2000s. And um, good guys. And Jordan's done an unbelievable job with his career. Yeah. Being that uh, quarterback whisperer. So yeah, I yeah. get out there once a year, twice a year maybe to visit my family and stop by Santa Margarita and say hi to some of the coaching staff and, and say what's up. No doubt. Man, Brian, I can't thank you enough, man. I appreciate you coming on last minute. And uh, as always, man, great career. I, I enjoyed watching you, man. I knew you are a SoCal guy, so we we, we, sh- we share the same, uh, getting drugged through the same mud. So I appreciate you, man, as always. And uh, let me know, man. I'll come on your show anytime. All right, Coach. Appreciate it. You All right, Brian. Appreciate you. Later. Brian Finneran, everybody. Hey, man, this show just keeps getting better and better, all right? We're, um, we're going to get after it. Uh, Nick Eaton is our, is our analyst and analytical football player. He actually knows Coach Matt McChesney, and he knows of him. He's a Colorado State alum. Matt McChesney is a Colorado buff. So joining us last minute, nobody really knows. We're going to bring in the shit talker himself, Matt McChesney, and we're going to find out what the fuck happened last night, homie. What up, Eden? How are you, bro? What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, other than our both of our college football teams being bottom uh, ten, yeah, man. Good. <laughs> yeah, I saw the the new bottom ten came out. We're number one. You guys are number two. Did so you, that's how embarrassing is that? Yeah, oh, dude. You can't even don't it's even terrible. get started, man. It's just terrible. horrible football, man. Hey, well, speaking of horrible football, coach, bro, Eaton, everybody listening, everybody watching. Look, I played for the Miami Dolphins, okay? And it is the shadiest, most ass-backward group of criminals in the history of NFL football. They have had multiple owners. The majority of the coaches there are persuaded to do things that are super fucking shady. I'll just use myself as an example. I tore my ACL, or I tore, I partially tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus in a game against uh, Seattle. There's no guarantee contracts in the NFL. So Bill Parcells walked up to me in the training room on Monday when I was in there getting rehab and in no uncertain terms told me if I don't practice, I'm getting cut immediately. And I'm sitting there with a torn up knee. So I had to tape up and inject my knee and it tore all shots and painkillers and all this other bullshit just to go practice for three days, full bore, like I wasn't hurt, dragging my leg around for them to cut me the day before the game on Sunday. And then, so they medical waved me and then blamed it on me. They're like, we don't have any room for hurt guys on this team. Get out. And I'm like, wow, you guys are so fucking shady. This is so ass backwards. You want me to think this is a football family and you're going to do me like this? So I'm not surprised at all what we saw with Tua last night. I'm not surprised that they put him on the field. I'm not surprised he got hurt again. I can't believe that they actually said, look, I have a five-level cage fusion in my back, in my lower back. What happened to him against Buffalo is not a fucking back injury. He got knocked out. How dumb do you think we all are? I mean, give me a fucking break. And then for last night did to happen, Josh Tupo, who's a Colorado alum and a guy I know, ricochets to to his head off the ground, and that's what defensive linemen are supposed to do. That's our fucking job. We can't eliminate that from the game. And he goes straight, right? He's locked up on the field, and it's emotional. I mean, it's... To be honest with you, I, I was sitting there watching it, like like getting emotional about it. Like, how the fuck can this organization parade this guy out here on Thursday Night Football and everybody's just okay with it? It's unbelievable to me. Like, if I'm a Dolphins player, 
I think they hold some kind of like. Yeah. I know it's it sounds weird, but the players yeah. are also responsible here. Yeah. None of them, not one guy with a C on their chest, walked up to the office and said, "Maybe this isn't a good fucking idea." I said the same shit. And and why didn't we hear anyone? Brian Finneran, a longtime NFL wide receiver for the Falcons, was just on. And he yep. was talking about the same thing. He was pissed off last night, and that's why he hit me up when I posted that video that's got like a fucking million views all of a sudden. As uh, it should. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious. Why Richard Sherman, who I coached and raised, why Tony Gonzalez, who I played against my whole life, and, and his brother was my JUCO t- uh, tight end, why the fuck aren't they saying anything about this guy who just played four days ago? Why, why aren't we bringing that up at all on Amazon Prime, which I can't even watch because it's so fucking glitchy? Why? Why? I, I don't understand why that's not being brought up. And, and, and we all know it was a concussion. We all know that. But, Matt, why the fuck are all these media heads talking about legitimate back issues? Like, shut the fuck up. Are we just all idiots? Well, they think we're all stupid, yes. And, and look... I'll, I'll throw this to Eaton, too, and both of you. I'll ask the question right back. If you're, if you're daddy, okay, and Gonzalez's daddy and all these guys' daddy, it's the corporations that pay them. So if your daddy has a deal with the NFL and behind closed doors, daddy says to daddy, don't talk junk about the NFL. Just massage around this and make sure that we, you know. I heard a number this morning that youth football numbers are down close to 40% now. Like, parents don't want their yeah. kids to play. Mm-hmm. And I, I run, I, uh, I coach O-line, D-line, and offensive coordinator on a 12-year-old team that my son plays on. And I understand it. Like, half the kids on the field that we play with should not be on the field. We've got, like, 10 kids hurt with season-ending injuries because all of them look like a bag of bones with a, with a, with a, uh, a jersey on. So I think you need to get ready to play this game, and you're going to get hurt anyway in, in that regard, too. I just, I look at it so, if you're an ex-player, regardless of who pays you now, mm-hmm. and you don't have the stones to say something that everyone can see, and you don't have the ability to stand up as a leader, especially those men, Tony Gonzalez and Seymour and other guys like that, who are bona fide first ballot Hall of Famers and all-time greats, they can do so much for changing this. Platform. But the more that right. they tow the company line and just be like, oh, well, it's part of the game and injuries happen, no. Rushing a guy back on the field three day, two days after a, a massive concussion and also playing him again on Sunday is negligent. Yep. And if I'm Tua, I never want to play for Miami again. I don't care if you cut me or trade me. Just get me the fuck out of here immediately. And I'm filing suit, dog. I'm suing the fuck out of the Dolphins. I, I know his daddy ain't – ain't. He yeah, not, he's, he's not fucking around. <laughs> I know his no. dad – is ready to fucking go. His dad might be in that motherfucker today fucking someone up. Like, I mean, that's how his dad he, is. Yeah. Huh? I mean, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, the like you were saying, like, the youth football numbers are down like crazy. It's like, I get asked that question all the time, you know, just in regular conversation. Hey, would you let your kid play? And obviously, being a former player, you're like, yeah, man, you know, you learn a lot of life lessons and all that stuff through it. But, man, like, last night, seeing things like that, you know, I had some concussions, you know, playing at CSU, you know, it's just like, it's, it's dangerous, man, but you gotta like, you know, the bigger the risk, the better, the bigger the reward, right? And so, you know, that, that's just, I just think it's a horrible look for football in general, you know what I mean? It's a horrible look for NFL, it's a horrible look for the brand, and I'm right there with you, man, Tua should be suing, man, like that, that was negligent to the nth degree last night, man. Let me ask you this, Matt. There's a stat. We yep. got a guy, Roger Goodell, who 
make fuck 70 number, million. You mean fuck boy number one? <laughs> yeah. Fuck he, boy number one, Roger Goodell. Fuck he, that guy. He makes 70 million a year. And they put in this deal about these neutral doctors um, having to inspect players and inspect concussions and clear them outside of the organization. Oh, yeah. This is a. We all know, me and you know, and, and I don't know if the novice fan understands, that they is don't. a liability release without signing a paper. All they did yep. was say, we're not in charge of it. It's not on us. So Tua can't sue. But he can sue for other things as far as, especially like uh, fucking uh, workers' comp, which he should fucking sue the shit out of him for. I mean, he should sue the head coach for putting him back up. Just, I know he may not win. It's the principle right. of the thing. No Just doubt. file suit against everyone and be the guy that changes this. You know, it's <coughs> – excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Tua is in a very unique situation at the moment. Number one, I can only imagine how that guy feels this morning. Number two. He flew back. Don't you not supposed to fly after that? He flew back? Yeah. 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 let him out of the hospital Your like that. Your brain man. just did this. So – what what exactly are we doing here, man? I mean, look. But look, Matt, he was let out of the hospital. Why? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, and then most doctors would err on the side of caution. But again, I'm going to go back to what you said. I when I got done playing, I had to go do my line of duty benefit to see if I could get my money. I had to go do my neurocog benefit. The neurocognitive benefit when you go to an independent doctor that the NFL sets up for you. They have coached that guy what to say, how to say it. He knows exactly what he's going to do before he he evaluates you. And he's automatically thinking that you're just a scumbag that's in there trying to, like, get pills or some shit. I'm Mm -hmm. just here sent by the NFL to get my neural cog evaluation done. I've had multiple concussions. Every time they say I saw stars or went black or couldn't hear or was confused, I had a concussion. That was every fucking day of my life, every time I played football. Every time I put my helmet on and my head hurt and throbbed, that was my brain swelling. That was every day my whole life. Uh, It still happens when I put a hat on half the time. So the NFL is not serious about this, guys. They they are just doing the bare minimum to get all the moms to shut up and the, the fans to keep paying for tickets and beers and the players to think that they have their best interests in mind. But I'm going to say this right now loud and clear. The NFL does not give a fuck about their players. They never have. Anything they say to you about player safety is a lie. All they care about is playing the game and making money. The the minute a player needs help off the field or they're outside of the organization, they fucking cut them off and never talk to them again. It's impossible to get your benefits. They make it incredibly difficult to get the line of duty and, and the neurocog benefit that I busted my ass to get as a fully vested member of the Players Association the fact that I have to argue with them about the benefit that I put money into the pool to get at this time in my life is fucking ridiculous. There's no lifetime health care. After five years, they cut you off. The, the NFL is the most hip, hypocritical organization in the history of the world. They're tax-exempt on top of it. They could fucking cover everybody's initial costs, and they could cover everyone's medical and take care of their guys at the ump degree, but they don't. And it's a mm-hmm. choice. It's not something they cannot do. They are choosing. They are making a decision in a boardroom. A bunch of fuck, fuck boy number one and all of his fuck boy cohorts sit around the table in New York and go, we don't have to do this. 
We know we can get more players in once all these other guys are worn out. Just roll the next cattle car in and unload the cattle car and we'll fuck them up and roll them out again. And hopefully they can make a couple bucks and be secure after afterwards. But most of them are going to end up broke and fucked up and divorced and addicted and and in 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 squalor because they bought into this fucking NFL or bust dream. I'm telling you, man, the NFL is busted right now. The offensive play calling and, and execution is dog shit. The tackling is dog shit. The mess points are dog shit. All these games with all these superstar players, all these games suck. Last night's game was almost unwatchable. So I, I'm look, I don't know where they want this to go, but as an alum and a vested member of the union, I am disgusted today, man. I don't even want to watch this Sunday. I have to. I'm going to. But I don't want to. Like, I don't want to fucking sit here and listen to all these people beat the drum and act like this isn't a fucking problem. Hey, hey, dog, I agree totally. Like, quarterback play is shitty. It's Offense is shit, shitty. O-line is absolutely atrocious. And why we're not picking up anything. We wonder why everyone's... I, I just keep hearing, Matt... The Bears O-line is the worst. The Giants O-line is the worst. The Bengals O-line is the worst. And I'm like, dude, no, it's not. We're not coaching it at all. There's no more Paul Alexanders in the NFL. They're all There's no more. Everybody's, look, most coaches have good old boy hires. Kiss ass. It's the same way that, like, the Broncos, I don't even know the O-line coach name, but it's his first year. And Hackett came in, knew him from college, brought him in, and fired Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak is a fucking Hall of Famer and coached for 30 years. I'm pretty sure he's a better coach than this other guy. So I'm not saying he can't do the job. I'm saying maybe he should be the assistant offensive line coach and cut his teeth and earn the opportunity. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, Eat, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but I don't think you can play football half speed correctly. I think more guys are going to get hurt. And I don't think you can practice football half speed and get better. So I don't understand how you're supposed to be healthy and safe and play football correctly. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make it the quarterbacks. Like, if you even touch him moving forward, I bet you it's a sack. Yep. The next reg- the next regulation they're going to throw in here is either putting flags on the quarterback, which then I will immediately stop watching. You have lost me. This is not football. I'm done. Or it's going to be two-hand touch. Like, you run up and touch the quarterback and it's over. And look, I'm going to shut up after this, but I I know you feel this way, Coach Brown. I know you both probably feel this way. I know quarterbacks you played with, like Bradley Van Pelt, and I played with Joel Klatt, and all these tough motherfuckers I played with, and all the guys I watched growing up, Elway and Montana and Steve Young, tough ass, and Dan Marino's a tough motherfucker, and all these tough-ass quarterbacks. I played with Chan Pennington, who's tough as fucking nails. Had bad luck, but tough. The, the quarterback is supposed to be your leader, supposed to be the guy that gets hit in the chest, driven into the ground, gets up, talks shit, and rallies his troops. You know what I'm saying? Just like, yeah. fuck you, you can't hurt me. And now they're setting up quarterbacks to be princesses that can't be touched. Yeah. And, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And, look, last night is a bad example. He shouldn't have been playing, period. He was hurt the week before. That's what we're talking about. But 99% of the time, a hit like that, you're going to get up. You're going to get up yep. and, and dr- brush it off and go back to the huddle. It's just what it is. It's what you're taught. But it's what you're taught. Yeah, yeah, brush it off and get back in the huddle. And that sets the tone for toughness for the rest of your team. So, I look, this is a very – it's almost confusing on where to go right now because this weekend this is going to happen again. And this is the last point I'll say. 
as an offensive and defensive lineman my whole life, I understand that I'm not worth as much as the skills. I get it. That said, why is it different for me if I pull on flat power and I'm kicking out the defensive end and I'm the left guard and the defensive end is eight yards away over here and I'm 325 pounds and I run 4'9 and I step and I run full fucking bear at this guy and I leave mm -hmm. it the top of my head and I finish like this and so does he. And there's a massive contact, and everyone's like, ooh, that's football. Yep. But yep. then the back lowers his head to hit the linebacker, and that's a penalty. Or the penalty, or the linebacker hits him hard, and that's a penalty. Or the quarterback gets touched, and that's a penalty. Why are the skill players more important? Why are their brains more important than mine? Money, man. I, I don't know. And you, <laughs> Well, you guys protect the most expensive asset on the field, and – Besides the left tackle being the second highest paid guy in the league, the rest of the O-line gets paid shit comparable to wideouts and DBs and running yeah, backs. Unless you're an elite, unless you're the top edge of your right. profession. Like Ryan Jensen made pretty much league minimum his whole career until he got to Tampa and got broke off. It took him 10 fucking years to get there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember, dude. I <laughs> Did you I coach Ryan? Playing in Denver, Matt? okay, with a guy named Casey Wigman. He played center for a long time. He's undersized. Played for Kansas City forever in Denver. And he was on year 16, and he was making $900,000. Like, dog, what a fucking slap in the face. Mm -hmm. Like, give me a break with this shit. Mm -hmm. That's why I do like Brady and respect Brady more than most and Rodgers, who give guys Rolexes and give guys cars and do guys yep. and do buy guys um, uh, shit because they know they're getting fucked, and that's their protection. And, uh yep. Eaton was asking you a question. I, I I I couldn't hear him. Oh no, he just he touched on Ryan Jensen. I was just wondering if you coached him or, or trained him up a little bit. Yeah, I've been working with Jensen since uh, he came out for pro day, what, what? 12, 13 years ago. Right. Uh, he's been in the program forever. He's a great friend of mine. A uh, guy who I remember Ryan walking in the first day, and I knew him, you know, because Coach Riston was his coach, and yep. Risto was one of my coaches yep. at CU. And, you know, we had talked and we were cordial, but we weren't working together yet. And he sat down and he was like, you know, well, what do you think I should do? And I was like, first of all, you're getting drafted because you're a big, mean, surly yep. prick. Yep. And you've got to go do that now at 100 miles an hour every day. Anytime a, a defensive lineman or linebacker tells you to slow down, hit him harder. Hit him, Start yep. fights. Protect your quarterback. Do anything you can to show the coaches that you're that dude. And he mm -hmm. went to Baltimore originally, and it was the best thing that's ever happened to him because he was immersed in a culture that's super physical and yep. doesn't give a shit, is in your face. And he had to go block guys like Haloti Nada yep. and fucking Ray Lewis and Suggs and Ed Reed and guys like that every day. And it just instilled in him, it's okay to be the alpha ass kicker. And yep. he's taken that and ran with it. And I personally think he's the best center in football. I do too. I do. I love watching that kid. He's play, such man. a he's such a prick, dude. I love everything. <laughs> he really is. He DDTs somebody. I'm like, fuck yeah, Ryan, let's go. Yep. Yeah. Hey, if he didn't been there for that Saints fight, I don't think there's a fight. I think Lattimore's like, nah, I'm not fucking with you. We're good. I'm just gonna go to the sideline. <laughs> hey, it's interesting, man, that you said this. I know I'll get you out of here. Uh we've had a hell of a morning show to start this thing off with. Uh I, I, it's interesting, man, that football has become what it is. Like, you know, O-line play is shitty. Quarterback play is shitty. Wideout play, they don't even know what the fuck a side adjust is. They don't know rotation. They don't even understand. There's a corner in my face, and the safety's right over him four yards away, but we're not even saying nothing. Like, I've never seen football this shitty. No. Like, 
I've never it's seen checkers. football in the NFL this bad. It's checkers, not chess anymore. It used to be chess. It used to be, I've got to know every position. I need to know what I'm doing or I won't play. Now it's checkers. Now it's, I'm going to block the guy in front of me, and I'm going to run around on the guy in front of me, and I'm going to pass rush the guy in front of me. And no one has any over, like, overstretching knowledge of everything. And it's one of the reasons I do what I do. I played defense for two years in the NFL. They switched me the last day of training camp my second year, told me, do you want a, you want a job or do you want to play defense? And I was like, I'll take a job. And they were like, you're an offensive guard. And I was like, fuck it, okay. And I had to learn everything in a week. And now, once I learned all of it, I started understanding football in a totally different mindset. Not being a defensive lineman, one-gap penetrator or two-gapper, now I need to know everything, and I know everything, and I can dictate to the defense. And being able to go up there and make a call, one of my favorite lines ever from Bill Callahan, the great Bill Callahan. If you don't know who that is, you're not a football fan. Bill Callahan said to me, guys, I don't care if you fuck up. If all of us are wrong together, you're all right. Make a call. Communicate. And I just, I feel like there's there's this perception in the NFL these days that these are the best players of all time. They're the most athletic. They're the most mentally gifted. This is the best era. And I'm on the other side of the coin. I think that they're dumber than they've ever been. I don't think they would hold up water and hold very well against some of the elite talents of the past. I think some of the old school defensive linemen would eat some of these new school offensive linemen to to fucking death and vice versa. You go put Larry Allen and Bruce Matthews and Gary Zimmerman against, you know, fucking J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's getting moved, dog. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's what? J.J.'s a hell of a player, but dog, those are some dogs. Dog. I agree. So I, yeah. I just think that yeah. the old school part of football, the the 90s, early 2000s era, the 80s, that was the sweet spot, bro. And we've gone, we're going to a place where it doesn't look like football sometimes to me. And I understand the passing game and safety. I get all that. But you can't take out the things that make the game the game. It's dangerous. It's violent. But People are going to get hurt. I'm sorry Tua got hurt like this. Tua didn't get hurt necessarily because of the play. Tua got hurt because Miami's fucking negligent and put him on the field. I don't care what position you're playing. If you're three days off a catastrophic injury where you can't fucking get in the huddle, I know he came back and played, but that does I don't care. That doesn't say anything to me. I've walked into several games. I know you have eat. I know you have coach where you've gotten your bell rung and they're like, How many fingers? Yep. And they're like, yep. Go back in. Yep. And you're like, Cool, because every player wants to play. So that's where the Dolphins have to get in front of the player and say, You're not going back in. And they'll never do that. The my, let me reiterate before I get off. The Miami Dolphins are the shadiest, most corrupt, fucked up organization in the NFL. Period. And, and let me ask you this, Matt. Here's a report right here. Dolphins Tua, no structural damage. He's at home in good spirits. Do you believe any fucking thing coming out of that place right now? No, Fuck I don't. No. And look, Cameron Wolf is there, like the NFL, uh, NFL Network reporter from Miami. He's a good friend of mine. I love Cam. He's awesome. And I'm gonna I'm gonna text and call him today and just get his opinion on this. And I, I almost guarantee you, and it's no fault of Cam's, that his opinion to me. And his opinion on NFL Network are drastically different. Yep. Like, he's going to tell me what he really thinks, friend to friend, man to man. But he's going to have to tote this company fucking line on the other side because the Dolphins are good and Tua needs to play. And I, my opinion, I don't think Tua should suit back up again. Neither. Like, this could be – the residual effects of this could be something that affect him for the rest of his life. Yep. Junior Seau-ish. 
Oh man. Oof. Fuck. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that's what yeah. people don't understand. Like that's what people don't grasp. I don't understand it, man, but uh it's unbelievable, man. Um man, I appreciate you joining us this morning, man. Last Love minute after all this shit that happened and uh Go enjoy the weekend, man. I know you're going to go watch uh, your great Colorado Buffs and uh, Colorado State. And uh, hopefully, hey, let me ask you a question, though. Uh, Sean Waffles, a real football fanatic. He's out in Kansas City. He knows football. He's, he's an old Big 8 guy. Who's yep. worse right now, Colorado State, Colorado, or Nebraska? Uh, I think I think Colorado might be the worst team in the country just because they're in a power five. Yeah. DSU's bad. Uh but We've look, I'm going to reiterate this. I work with Colorado <laughs> kids every day, and there's yep. some fucking ballers in my program. Two quarterbacks, Cole Crew and Joe Capra, who are bona fide superstars. One's offered by Central Michigan. The other one's committed to school of mines, just got offered by Dartmouth. Colorado and Colorado State don't even pay a mind, and they're both really good players. Not enough. So, and this is the entire state. Eaton knows this. Yeah. It's crazy, man. There's <laughs> ballers in Colorado, man, and they just they can't keep anyone in state. I mean – Fuck, dude, they're playing terrible. Why would you want to go there? Well, it, it, it's a bad look for the state, too, because the college programs think that there's no high school talent here. Yep. And I could put together a team of just guys from my gym, yep. not including Christian McCaffrey and Sawcheck and Ferguson, the tight end at, at fucking Oregon and all these Oregon. other guys I don't work with. You could put together a fucking all-star team with just with the guys that are from my gym that they didn't pay mind and didn't recruit either school. So – I I, I don't know the answer to it, and I hope they can figure it out. But personally, with the report yesterday that I saw that Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal are pretty much like going to the Big Ten, like they're trying to negotiate this right now. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and and uh, Utah need to get where the getting's good, and they need to go grab Oregon State and Washington State as well. Why not? And go back to the Big Twelve. And I agree. Oracle, Oklahoma and Texas can kick fucking rocks. I still think it's a really good conference. Mm -hmm. And I, I would bet that if you could go back in time right now and ask Nebraska and Colorado if they want to leave, both of them would say no. Say nope. Yeah. Hey, Matt, do you want to cuss this guy out of me? Here it is. Players' measurables are all higher than they were in the 90s. Faster, lift more, bigger, faster. Hey, Austin, you're a fucking yeah. idiot. And you should That's be castrated. True. Larry Allen true. would fucking eat. Deion Sanders ran a four-two-one out the fucking door. I mean, <laughs> so he's not fast and limber. And, and what are you talking about? Hey, so Look, did Daryl Green. So did Ron Brown. Is how you hit. Yeah, that's the only thing that's changed. The physicality of it has been ruled out of the game. Oh, so you dope. you can sit here and say that your generation's better, but you're fucking wrong. Period. Hey, I would love to see Larry Allen absolutely dog shit, piss and shit on. Aaron Donald. So you guys know, you have no fucking idea what Larry Allen is made of, bro. You have no fucking idea. I grew up with the man. He would literally take Aaron Donald and run him through the fucking wall. You guys have no Larry, clue Larry what Allen you're is seeing. The best lineman on both sides of the ball that's ever fucking played in the history of football. And, and I would, and, and I grew up with the man. I, I we're very close. Will Shields is right there with him. Another guy that nobody want wants to, to talk about. Like about Larry Allen? Will Shields would eat some of these people. Like motherfuckers right, so have no clue. Story and then I'll get off. <clears throat> so Larry Allen played for San Francisco, right? And he had this fat ass house back oh, oh, wherever in California, wherever we were. And it was after it was. Uh, I can't remember the party, but it was like a dress up Halloween type party, right? Yeah. And my boy, Sam Wilder, who played at CU, was on the practice squad in San Francisco when Larry was there. And Sam said that they went to this Halloween party, right, at Larry's house. And Larry took him in a drive in his fucking Maybach with pink 
floor, like pink mink flooring. And he would just take a chew and he'd spit it in the car. And they and Sam's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, this is my chew car. I just take this from the fucking hotel to the facility. I don't have a spitter, so I just spit on the floor. And I'm like, fuck. So about That's three it. in the morning, they're they're they're, all, they're they're twisted. They're all having a good time. And Larry's like, hey Sam, you guys come out, come to me, come to the barn with me. So we go out, they go out to the fucking barn, and Larry pulls out a pumpkin. All right, big ass pumpkin. And fucking Sam's like, what? Are you gonna eat the pumpkin like it's an apple Shrek? And Larry's like, ha ha ha. And they walk over, and he flips on a light, and there's a fucking two ton rhino in a cage that he owns, and he's sitting there throwing fucking pumpkins at a rhino at three in the morning, like, hey rhino pumpkin hey rhino pumpkin and the pumpkin's just ricocheting off and splitting the rhino's eating them he's like that's my fucking pet that's a that's my rhino pet rhino on a leash dog don't tell me this man's not the best lineman ever no. dude he's a different motherfucker by the way bench is like 705 <laughs> <laughs> hey man it's i appreciate like you coming in man i'll see you monday uh come on monday too man and, and then fucking uh me a. you and zach will chop it up I love it. Every day, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Eat, fuck your team. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Later. All right, buddy. Later. Later, Later man. Uh, great contacts, man. Uh, great show this morning, man. Uh, Eden, man, there's a lot of football to discuss, but we're already two hours in. Uh, what is your What is your outlook on this weekend, man? Let's just talk NFL only right now. NFL outlook. Uh, let me bring up the games real quick. I got the games, yeah. I'm interested to see Tennessee and Indy, dude. You know, they're two teams kind of, you know, down in the dumps right now. But Matt Ryan, I still think Matt Ryan's got it, man. I think he's got the the juice still. He's got that great O-line, even though they haven't been playing well. You know, it just, you know, you got Jonathan Taylor, MVP candidate in the background. It's just, I, I don't know how they're not clicking, right? Their, their wide receiver core is a little banged up. All they got really is Pittman, but or uh yeah Pittman and I just I think he's Matt Ryan's hurt. got him man I think he flips it around against Tennessee even though they're struggling I like Tannehill uh the other big game um I mean my Broncos versus Raiders we'll see you know that's kind of a revenge game you know for Denver with Josh McDaniels I mean everyone here in Colorado fucking hates that guy so that's gonna be a big one obviously Casey and Tampa Bay um that's actually do you see that's back in Tampa back in now? Tampa yeah going, back yeah. in Tampa what do you uh, think made them switch that? I mean, because the hurricane, I mean, it's only, you know, so-and-so far away. It's like Naples, Fort Myers, but it's still, I mean, fuck, man. That thing's intense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, they must know it's leaving by Sunday, I guess, I, I, I assume. Uh, Broncos Raiders is another one um, yep. that I, I'm interested in seeing. And then that Bills-Ravens game. Bills-Ravens, um, yep. Everybody in the chat, I'm going to get into college football later today. Obviously, Marcellus Wiley joins us and Brandon Lang, all things betting. We're going to bet on all the college and NFL games. So that's why I'm not doing too much this morning because we have a handicap extraordinaire, Brandon Lang, joining us later today. And then Marcellus Wiley will talk some more NFL football, obviously him being who he is. So I won't get into too much other picks right now. We're going to make all the picks in the afternoon. Um, so I just want to make sure you're clear on that. Um, Nick is uh is is in he played former player. If you guys don't know who Nick is, he's gonna be on the morning show every day. We're gonna break down all analytics, all games the night before or the day ahead, and we're gonna get into a lot of stats and data and all those things. And it's kind of an NFL show in the morning. 
So I appreciate everybody coming in. Make sure you hit the like button on three. Hit the like button on me. One, two, three. Pound the like button. Stop being a slapdick. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some merch. We got a bunch of fire merch. Like I said last night, the first 10 folks that go buy you some merch on CoachJBStore.com right now, I will give a free bottle of vodka signed. But you got to pay for shipping. So you got to buy some merch that's at least worth the shipping cost for my fucking vodka. So a couple guys went last night and bought some uh, $10 shit, but it's like, man, you got to cover the shipping. You got to cover, man. Yeah, it's 30 bucks. <laughs> so at least buy something that's 30 bucks, and I'll send you a bottle of vodka. So make sure you do that. Uh, appreciate you guys coming on in here today, this morning. Um, any, what's your big college game, man? I, I want to get you a big take on any big college game this week. Whew. I don't know, man. There's the uh, the Kentucky Ole Miss game. I'm going to be interested in seeing that one. See how you know those two teams are are firing. That's a big one. You know, Alabama, whoever they got, I th- saw they were like 34 point favorites or whatever. Um, to be honest, man, like I'm following Colorado. Like honestly, like you know, there there's like there's such a I don't know how they don't recruit, man. Colorado's just in the dumps. Like what McChesney was saying, I've been I've just been following them. See what the hell they're gonna do, man. But I think my big game is that Kentucky Ole Miss for sure. No doubt. Um, I appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure. Like I said, we'll get back after it on Monday. Um, it's eight o'clock on the West Coast. It's nine out in Denver. Is it nine there? It is nine. Yo. Yeah. Uh, it's it's twelve. On, it's eleven on the East Coast. I appreciate everybody joining us this morning. Uh, hit the like button on the way out. Pound it. Uh, make sure you go to CoachJBStore.com. It is in the chat. And uh, get you some merch. The first ten. Make sure you email me your receipt. CoachJBStore.com. And I will put you on the list to get you a free bottle of vodka signed. So go on over to CoachJBStore.com. And then email me. Email me. Um, CoachJB. 12 at gmail.com. Wesley Wraith is a troll who just rides dicks and juggles balls in his jaws. Make sure you guys shout out Wesley Wraith, whatever his troll ass name is. He's just a bitch made cat. So make sure you go on over to Coach JB Store, get you a bitch made cat t shirt and hat uh, in, uh, in honor of Wesley Wraith. He's a bitch made cat. The hat is right there, and you can get the bitch made cat shirt. Don't be one like Wesley. Hey, man, I appreciate you, uh, Nick. Um, It's been exciting. The show's growing, so uh, make sure you follow Nick on Twitter. And, uh, hey, man, I appreciate all you guys, and uh, I'll see you later on, Nick, and uh, enjoy the weekend, brother. All right, you too. We'll talk to you. All right, man, peace. Later. Uh, Appreciate everybody joining the show, man. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member, and... uh, And make sure you guys all drop your balls in Wesley Wraith's jaws because he's a troll that sucks dicks. I appreciate everybody, man. I will see you on Monday. Or please, all you guys join us this afternoon. Marcellus Wiley, the great Marcellus Wiley, joins the show in the 1 o'clock hour today. And Brandon Lang will come on and speak all things betting. And we may have another special guest joining us today in the afternoon. The afternoon show is going to be lit. The whole day's lit. Coach JB Show, taking over the internet. Come peep us out. Join and hit the like button today. I will see you guys at 1 o'clock. Don't miss it. Marcellus Wiley joins us. See you later on. Peace.
I'm a chameleon, they call me, man. Yeah. I can go in and walk into any any type of uh, any home, any background, walk down any street in, in the country, in my opinion. And I think that real recognizes real. It's a new, new venture to have. Yeah. The Coach JV Show uh, with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I am ready to do some content. Coach JV Show. Give it to you straight. No chaser. Sarah Blake.